The Carl Nelson Show. Grand Rising family, and thanks for starting your day with us again later. Naturopathic Dr. Stephen Tates will be back in our classroom. Dr. Tates will provide holistic survival information for 2024. Dr. Tates will also examine the lung uh, sinus complications exploding in some of our communities. Dr. Tate will also discuss prostate problems in men and fibroid issues in women. And all the other issues, too. If you've got an issue, again, I'm going to always tell you this. Don't be bashful. You can use a different name, a different city. We don't care. But really take take advantage of Dr. Tate's expertise. Before Dr. Tate, though, we're going to speak with Nation of Islam journalist Richard Mohammed and get his views on the changing political landscape. But to get us started, oh, we're going to speak with DC activist brother Tyrell uh, Mohammed. But before we get to, and I want to get his version on this. So, Kevin, good morning. I, I got a question for you, man. Good really. morning. How are you today? Excellent, brother. But <laughs> the, 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 I'm a newbie, so I'm going to ask you this, because I saw the, the people were debating whether or not the area should be called the DMV or just D.C. Yes. So help me out here, brother. So is it, is it, are we stepping on people's toes when we say DMV and not D.C.? Here's why I say yes. But first, a history lesson. According to the movie Hamilton, Alexander Hamilton met with Thomas Jefferson and um, Madison, right? to decide where the nation's capital would be, right? In the room where it happened, they decided that they would take part of Maryland, part of Virginia, and make it the nation's capital, calling it the District of Columbia. Back in, what, the 90s, uh, you know, early 2000s, the slang began to happen because we've, we've become a country of acronyms, right? You want, mm-hmm. you, you know, it's the DMV, it's the this, it's the that, everything, it has been narrowed down to an acronym I think because of the use of the cell phone so you don't laugh out loud you LOL now right okay and so so the term DMV caught on and and has been used affectionately to mean the, the what the district Maryland and Virginia opposed to the division of motor vehicles right right <laughs> and so now though with this move for statehood the term DMV weakens um, ah. weakens the concept. It weakens the the argument to Congress because now you're saying DMV is that Maryland is that Virginia is that the district is all there at the same time. So so uh, the congressman could argue that the District of Columbia doesn't have to be a state because it's wow. so close to Maryland and Virginia, man. You see what I'm saying? And uh, yeah. so I, I'm on the side of, yeah, let's just separate those at least until uh, statehood has been uh, established. And then we go back to DMV. And then After you can, statehood. Then you can call it whatever you need to call it. You know, right. home. Call it home. You right. see what I'm saying? <laughs> well, well, uh, Daryl uh, Muhammad, Asalaamu As Alaikum, brother. Good morning. family. Good morning, sir. So is it DMV or just D.C. for you? How, how do you, what do you think? It, it would always be Washington, D.C. Okay, so you, you're, not, you're not a fan of the DMV. <laughs> no, and this is one of the reasons why I'm not a fan. You know, the brothers talked about the statehood, which I don't believe that would ever happen. Because one thing about these folks that we're dealing with, 
they always hang their heads on the Constitution. Uh, and because they always hang their heads on the constitutions, they figure that they can never do nothing to change what the founding fathers have put in place. Now, even politically, when it comes down, what Brother said, all of those that usually work for the federal government, they coming from Maryland and Virginia. See, so they taking that right. money back to Maryland and Virginia. That money is not staying in Washington, D.C., and that's one of the conversations that I had with some people around Mara Browser because I was with her four weeks ago because she having a major issue with the capitals potentially leaving Washington, D.C. and going into Virginia. So that's one of the conversations I had with one of uh, some of her people around her. I said, if they leave, they would never be back in Washington, D.C. You know, so the thing for me is, uh, Carl, as I'm listening to the brother and yourself this morning, uh, we have the power to do what's necessary for us as a people, whether we in Virginia, Maryland, or Washington, D.C. And like the brother said, we like to deal with slogans and acronyms and things like that, but the reality in which we have to live is just totally different. Okay. Uh, Kevin, you want to respond to anything that uh, Brother Dyrell just said? No, I like that. The The reality of it is way different than this whole colloquialism, this whole idea of nicknaming the city. Um, but, uh, but Brother Darrell, what about, you said constitutionality, what about the fact that they established the nation's capital, you know, via, you know, an act of Congress? Doesn't that make it constitutional that they still observe Washington after the first founding father of the, you know, first president and D.C., the District of Columbia? Isn't that constitutionally sound yes it is i believe but this is the key do we have the power to force them uh, that is the key that is the key yeah because eleanor uh, holmes uh, norton has been singing this song for ages not happening and this is the key bro because <laughs> uh, i deal with our our dr oye her counterpart he participating with me in the last three years in these programs that i've been putting on because at the end of the day, you know, we holding these seats, but are the seats that we are being elected to, are we representing the people? Because the Constitution says we the people. So so are they career seats or are we <laughs> representing the people? Yeah, that's a question you can ask a lot of these elected politicians. Uh, thanks, Kevin. Thanks for sharing that. And, and you may Thank want you. to pass this on to our, our friends down the hallway. Uh, uh, Magic, the real sound of the DMV. Did they got to change that slogan? <laughs> Uh-oh, there you go. <laughs> oh, and then it's, we're stepping in somebody's lane. Okay, we'll leave that alone. <laughs> brother Dyrell, good morning one more time. Uh, good morning, beloved brother. You, you've been on a crusade to, to, to cut down, reduce the crime rate, especially around our cities, uh, schools, I should say. Um, how's that working out? Where are you now? Uh, magnificent. It's magnificent. Uh, and it's the beautiful thing for me, uh, brother, called... The last two years, I've been going to those high schools anyway, uh, usually through the student athletes first and then the general uh, assembly in terms of the school. So uh, one of the reasons that I was going in the school was I'm in the neighborhoods anyway at night. Uh, so the schools already knew of my presence in terms of being effective and efficient in those communities. So uh, we started off at Dunbar. Uh, from Dunbar, we went to Anacostia. From Anacostia, we, uh, two weeks ago, we went to Baloo. This upcoming Thursday, we will be in H.D. Woodson. And this upcoming Monday, we'll be in Cadoza. Uh, and there's no doubt about it, uh, we have been effective and efficient. 
uh, going in them high schools, more so with a message directly to the minds of our young people. And one of the things that I usually open up with them is there's a gun violence uh, and killing amongst our students and young people in Washington, D.C. And Washington, D.C. students are exposed to more community violence than their peers, even though Washington, D.C. is not a state. Now, locally, uh, the percentage is 7.4. Now, nationally, uh, the percentage is 3.8. So there's uh, uh, a, cr- a crisis in Washington, D.C. amongst our students and young people. Uh, simultaneously, four to ten students are chronically truant. So they're not going to school. If they can get to school, they have to go through the gun violence and killing to get to school. Now, what's going on now, called is because there's a heavy police presence in our community. The local thug brothers that's in those communities, they pressing up on the students, meaning they robbing them for their laptops, coats, shoes, uh, and things uh, like that. See, so the thing for me is now uh, I have to deal with that in terms of the message. For them, uh, what role are you playing in all of this? In the last three or four times, we had a conversation about even the music, but it's not more so just the music because I just recently learned that the psychologist says that being ignored causes the same chemical reaction in the brain as if a person was physically abused or punched. So when when you look at these students uh, outside of what we're reading and hearing, and you interact with them, those students want to be heard because they have something to say because they are hurting. And this is why uh, several times being on your show, I talked about not being able to diagnose these problems from an office or a school that we have to establish a relationship with these young people. They're not going to school. There's a truant problem. And they got to cut through the violence to get to school because they've been killed, robbed, and abused. Well, let me jump in and ask you this, because you mentioned that you, you start with the student-athletes. It's the reason why you pick, you start, you know, the conversations with the student-athletes before the rest of the student body? Yes, of course, because normally the student-athletes is the leaders. And because they are the leaders in the school, normally, and naturally, they're the leaders in the school. I usually talk to them, or I have been talking to them for the last 36 months, to get them to understand that leadership, uh, there's a responsibility to leadership. Then that's for all of us. And in the word responsibility, there's the ability to respond. So I have noticed that if I can get uh, and be effective and talk to those leaders, then normally the people that they have under them, which the funds that they have, usually follow where the brothers go in terms of the student athletes. Yeah, we're coming up on a break real soon, but is the issue on campus or before or around the campuses, these high school campuses in the district? Both. Both, brother. Both. Both. And it's so bad that the police can't do nothing about it. You know, this, 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 it caused me sometimes to stop doing what I'm doing. And I get calls during the day sometimes, in the evening sometimes, because these little predators, uh, savages, that's uh, doing all of this crime in our communities, uh, they have gone directly around those schools. See, so when I mean going directly around them schools, they're waiting for them to go to school, 
and they wait for them to leave school. So the little brothers uh, that's in those schools, you know, they want to be little men. So they're just not going to allow nobody to take what they have. They're going to school. They're not in the street, some of them. So there's a struggle now. And the struggle normally consists of these little brothers in the school. They're going to got, they buying the guns there to protect themselves. So, I'll tell you, you know, what, uh, Brother Dyrell, hold that thought right there. we got to uh, take a quick break. And we come back, though. Th- uh, years ago, there was an issue about uh, teachers arming themselves, and the teachers should have guns. Uh, some of the people were pushing that. I want to get your thoughts on that, if you think that's a good idea, that the teachers should have a, you know, have a pistol or something in the classroom. You know, this is uh, something that we never heard about when we were going to school, but things have gotten so bad now in some school districts, and mainly where our children go, they're saying that teachers should, should have the ability to arm themselves. I wanted you to talk about that as well. Family you're just waking up, I guess, is Brother Dyrell Muhammad. He works out of Washington, D.C., and he's trying to uh, curb the crime rate around our schools. What are your thoughts? Reach out to us at 800-450-7876. Your calls in four minutes right here in Baltimore on 1010 WOLB. If you're in the DMV, we're on FM 95.9 and AM 1450. WOL, where information is power. Hey, good morning, family. 21 minutes after the top of the hour with our guest, Dyrell Muhammad. Dyrell works out of Washington, D.C., at the mosque in D.C., and he's, he's t- started a crusade to reduce the crime rate around our schools, and he's taken to other uh, cities as well. Cause, you know, where our schools are different now when we were going to school. They have gang shoots, shootouts and stuff like that, and this is one of the issues that uh, Dyrell has started uh, his crusade with. And before we left for the uh, traffic and weather update, I was going to ask you, give us, a, you know, give us a report on what you think. I'll let you finish your, th- your thought first, then give us a report on what you think about the teachers arming themselves. Well, I don't think that's necessary if we secure those schools as no teachers properly. And this is why the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, Brother Carl, he taught us in order to have peace. We have to make an uh, environment of peace, make an environment of peace. Now, our young people is the future. Our young people are so valuable for us today. And to see those around, you know, those schools in terms of the violent interrupters, incredible messengers, that's not so credible and not, they're not disrupting no violence. You know, this is a game and this is why I vehemently opposed uh, given those teachers, because some of them teachers is off the chain. And this is why they allow me to go in and all of those high schools, because at the end of the day, Carl, you got to remember this, that the system has taken away the parents' right to discipline their own child. So the schools cannot discipline the children. So it, realistically speaking, you know, those high schools and middle schools and charter schools, it's off the chain. It's not a day that goes by that the police is not being called to deal with this issue. Now, we don't want to exacerbate the problem. The thing for me now is following the teachings of the Muslim Muhammad under the divine leadership of the Honorable Minister Farrakhan. That is one of the reasons that that man, Farrakhan, called for 10,000 fearless men. What you mean, fearless men? He asked us to go out and get in between the guns and knives and the death itself to save our people. Now, the game that's being played now, even in terms of the context of arming the students, you got everybody, they see the bag. Everybody, they see the bag. They don't look at the solution because they don't have the solution. They're trying to pay their bills and go on vacations 
dealing with the lives and death of our young people. So when you talk about arming um, teachers, boy, that's 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 heavy. And I would never, I would never uh, advocate arming um, a teacher with a knife. I mean, with a, with a gun. Why? Because if the school is secured, you don't have to worry about that. Now, the thing for me is this: teachers save more lives twenty five more times than the rate of a doctor. Because a doctor can only see one patient or operate on one patient at a time. But a teacher, if she has 25 students in her classroom, that teacher's job is to shape, form, and fashion the minds of those students to prepare them to deal with a reality that most grown folks cannot deal with as we speak. So, you know, to arm a, a teacher with that and have to teacher uh, have the opportunity and the responsibility to shape, form, fashion these students' mind. Two things can't occupy the same space at the same time. So if that school is fortified and secure, because the life of our young people is so viable, just imagine going into a bank and think that you could just go up to that teller and ask for 10000 or 20000 or 30000 dollars That ain't happening. They got armed guards in the bank. But how more valuable is the life of our or lives of our young people. Yeah, that's a good question. Hold that thought right there. It's, uh, Mark wants to speak with us at 25 after the top. He's on line one. Good morning, Mark. Uh, yes, uh, good morning, gentlemen. Uh, yes, I am for uh, you know security and safety of our student staff and teachers and all in the schools. So my question is the role of school resource officers, if you will. Most schools don't even have those at the moment because there's no funding or anything like that. <laughs> and in those places where they have school resource officers, I'm not sure if they're armed or not or anything like that. So uh, because the, the problem with, with trying to teach teachers how to use arms and so forth, their main role is in the teaching and the, the students are trying to. So my question is, where do you see the school resource officers in this case? And are we providing enough, or where can we get funded to provide more of these SRO offices? Thank you. Uh, all right, and let me add on that, too, uh, Brother uh, uh, Dyrell. Would you have proof that they, they'd be strapped? They'd be armed? But go ahead, I'll let you answer well, Mark's the, question. Well, the thing for me is this. You know, even if it's not funded, why not? Why is it, why is it not funded? That's the key. The brother before me went into uh, talking about government, uh, and we talked about briefly talk about our politicians that's being elected. Why are not the schools with all of this crime and deaths going on around our young people in the street, but more so in the schools? That's the first thing that should be funded is the security of our schools. So the question is, why not? Because pacificating is not going to get it. So we got to hold everybody accountable from the state to the feds. Well, let me ask you this. So, so the, your job now that you've decided your crusade, is it to protect the students, the, the, the faculty of the, of the the school, or just everybody, the, the teachers, everybody, administration, even the, the resource officers, or is it just the students you're looking out for? Well, I have a, a company, as you know, called Crisis Management Unit. And this is what I deal with. I deal with the police got problems with. I deal with the crisis. I deal with them killers and shooters all over Washington, D.C., every day and every night. I'm going in, and what I'm doing to them or for them is providing jobs for them that they can put them damn guns down and stop this damn killing. The thing for me, Carl, and you notice know already, I'm not being funded. I don't give a damn. I'm raising money on my own uh, through philanthropists, 
five dollars here, twenty dollars here, because everybody know what I'm doing. The thing for me is I'm not waiting on nobody to give me nothing. I'm not waiting on nobody to do nothing. I'm doing it myself. And it has galvanized and inspired the residents of Washington, D.C. to join on with crisis management unit. And this is the reason that I'm going into those high schools. It's just not the high schools. I'm in the street also. So it also comes down to call the resources. You see, it also comes down to the resources. And this is the only reason that I'm really around Meryl Bowser because I don't work for her. And I have the ability to say to her what's necessary because I don't work for her. You know, so I'm a, a follower of the teachings of the most honorable Elijah Muhammad under divine leadership of the honorable minister Louis Farrakhan. And I'm out there risking my life like I should be to save a life. So for me, it deals with the student. Yeah, I'm trying to protect the student's lives. I'm trying to protect the, the principal lives as well as the teacher's lives. But as the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan taught us, we have in our study God's letter, it's called self-examination. It's equal to self-rescue. So you got to rescue your damn self. But you can't rescue yourself if you don't examine yourself. All right. Let me. Uh, Mark mentioned about the uh, the resource officers. Should they be armed? Well, if that's part of what we think in terms of policy of solutions, see, because I'm gonna tell you something. Call this this is a dangerous thing because I'm gonna tell you something. You know, I watch and we watch uh, President Bush after nine one one. You know, we play on the fear of people, and we have our own agendas at the same time. So in order for us to create policies, certain things got to transpire. And this is why I'm hesitant about putting a gun in a crazy person's hand. Because even though their profession might be what it is, are they mentally stable to have a weapon? Because if they're not mentally stable to have a weapon, then they're going to turn on the very people that they should be saving. Right. And I got a question for you. At 30 minutes out the top of the hour, Gail just tweeted this question. She says, do you know what percentage? Oh, she almost got off my phone. Uh, do you know what percentage of the students are homeless and are they being provided resources? I mean, is the homeless students a problem? Of course it is. And I mentioned this uh, on your show two times ago. See, the reason that the carjacking is up in Washington, D.C. is not more so the carjacking to commit other crimes. They carjacking SUVs to sleep in. See, so there's a crisis even amongst our young people. They homeless for whatever reason that they homeless in terms of not being able to go into their parents' home. This is what's going on in Washington, D.C. See, so I listen. Of course, I read. Uh, and I listen to people and I say, okay, okay, this is fascinating for me. Because what makes it fascinating for me is, there's no fisherman that can catch a fish from his home. That fisherman must go either to a pond or ocean or lake to catch a fish. Likewise, with a plumber, there's no plumber that can stop a leak from his home. He must go to that place to stop it. So in order to diagnose this problem, you got to go out there and see what the hell the problem is. And majority of us are scared. Truth be told, majority of us are scared of our people. We don't think that they can be redeemed. We don't think that they can be saved. We don't think that they can be delivered. And this is why, for me, it has caused me to do all that I can call because I'm not waiting on the dollar to do nothing. I'm not waiting on nobody to help me to do nothing. I do it myself, and that's why I have been doing it and been more effective than groups, whole groups 
whole mosques, whole temples, whole churches. Because the people, when you represent your people properly and you go in with love, and what I mean when you go in with love, when you go in and listen to these people, if you establish a relationship with them, they're going to tell you what the problem is. And these young people, they ain't got nowhere to go. It's already a housing crisis. When I was with Merle Bowser four weeks ago, across the street from Capital One, they pressing this woman because if they said if the capitals leave, what are you going to do with all of those square miles? The first thing she said was she was going to bring 400 or, five, uh, or 500 a housing unit right there. And one of the uh, per supporters, developers, uh, slid up on me and said this. I heard you with crisis management unit. And I said, yes, sir. He said, well, Muhammad, look, we got a problem down here. And I said, what the problem is? I come up around 7th and Gallery Street. I came up on 9th and End Street, Northwest. And he honestly, he said this. He said, it's too much crime on 7th Street. There's too much homelessness on 7th Street. There's too much drug addictions uh, and alcohol addictions around that area right there. So that problem right there, uh, or that area right there, uh, is off the chain, called in terms of even the people going down there, they can't go down and watch those games in peace because of what's going on down there. Well, yeah, I saw that report, too, that, that the owner was kind of upset because there's some dude outside the building, um, uh, you know, playing a, uh, playing a, uh, some instruments and singing, and, he, you know, so sort of loud, so he thought that was a distraction. I don't know if he's blaming the move on, on that particular person. So, you know, if so, that's, that, that's, it's unfortunate, though. But, yeah, so that's an issue, too, with what's going on in the changing uh, dynamics in, in the district. But when we come back, though, because we're coming up on a break, I want you to talk about the teachers. The teachers have been working without a contract for more than 100 uh, days right now and morale has got to be low because you know you don't have a contract you don't know what the district is doing uh, have you had any conversations with the teachers about because they have to deal with a crime issue as well so i want to find out if you've had any conversations with the teachers and what these instructors have told you family you want to join this conversation i guess Darrell muhammad Darrell, as i mentioned is on a crusade to stop the crime around the schools in our, and especially in washington dc he's going to be over at woodson and cardoza in a few days what are your thoughts 800-450-7876 those are the numbers to call to get in with your calls in four minutes right here in Baltimore on 1010 WOLB. If you're in the DMV, we're on FM 95.9 and AM 1450 WOL, where information is power. And good morning once again, family. 21 minutes away from the top of the hour with our guest, Brother Darrell Muhammad in Washington, D.C. Uh, Brother Darrell has started his crusade to you know, combat the crime around our school campuses, most of the high school he's working with now, and he's going to uh, expand it across the country as well. You got some thoughts about this? Reach out to us at 800-450-7876. Before we go back to him, let me just remind you, coming up later this morning, we're going to hear from naturopathic doctor uh, Stephen Tate. Also, uh, we're going to speak with uh, Brother Richard Muhammad. He's, he's a, of course, with the Nation of Islam, and he's a journalist. We're going to talk politics with Brother Richard. And later this week, the University of Houston's Dr. Gerald Horn will be here. Afrocentric professor Dr. Kemet Shockley will also join us. Homeless advocate Minister Christina Flowers from Baltimore is going to issue a report on the homeless issue in her city. And Grio, Professor James Small will also join us. So if you're in Baltimore, make sure your radio is locked in tight on 1010 WOLB. If you're in the DMV, and we're on FM 95.9 and AM 1450 WOL. So before we 
we're left, I was asking the question about the schools and the teachers in the school. The instructors are working without a contract. Morale cannot be that great. They're on the way to school right now listening to uh, Brother Dyrell. Have you had any discussions with them? Because in, in, in addition to just teaching, they had, and, and, and I have to deal with some, you know, some kids, some children who are just, uh, just hard to deal with. They got to think about more excessive violence. Do, have, have you had any conversations about them, about their safety? Are they concerned about their safety on campus? Of course. Uh, when we went to Dunbar High School, uh, and I'm so grateful for having the opportunity to go in, and I thank the principal, Ms. Nadine Smith, for allowing me to come in, even though I've been coming in there, or she has been allowing me to come in there for the last two years. Now, this is the thing. Of course, it's by design, Brother Carl, because our priorities is outdated. You see us paying football players and basketball players millions of dollars to entertain us, but it saddens me. To see this, the teachers have to go through no contracts when their duty and responsibility is to shape, form, and fashion our young people's mind. Now, you already know, Carl, that the mind doesn't understand the consequences of its action to it reaches 25 years of age. And this is why I do what I do. Why? Because illiteracy and crime is connected. Because the link between academic failure and delinquency, violence, and crime is wedded to reading failure. So they build jails based on the fourth grade population, population reading rates. So if you're not able to read by the fourth grade when you are 9 and 10 years old, that is the projection that they use to build institutions. And I know it because I come out of there. So the success for the students today, if we can get the students in and out of high school with a diploma, reading at a 12th grade level, with no jail records or babies, then they saying that is the success for the students. But I don't beg to differ, but there's something else going on because there's a new virus called HIV mentally, which represents the hood infected virus. See, we got a hood infected virus with our young people, even though their minds is being shaped, form, and fashion. And we talked about this on your show about the role that the music is playing. We talked about that. So so if there's a new mental HIV virus out there, as well as a new AIDS virus, which is, represents addicted to incarceration and death syndrome, and this is why you see our young people abandoning the books and going in the street. There's a virus out there. And if we don't go out there and recognize what's going on amongst our young people, then I always say this when I talk to certain people, as well as those teachers, as well as those faculty members and principals, you can't use yesterday keys for today's locks. That's why I say outdated. So we have to be 21st century orientated in terms of the solution. So ain't no doubt about it, the social scientist has come up with a program to destroy our future. The thing for us is who is strong enough and willing enough to say it. And this is why I thank Allah, Almighty God, for the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. Because one thing about him teaching us, he taught us to go out in our community and make our community a decent and safe place to live. Right. Now, hold that thought there. we got some folks who want to talk to you at 17 away from the top. Yeah, Rick is up first. He's online, too. He's calling from the district. Good morning, Rick. Uh, yeah, good morning, Carl and uh, WOL listening audience. Uh, 
Yeah, I agree with the brother there about uh, the teachers and, uh, you know, the athletes are being paid way more. It's way out of proportion. You know, teachers need to be paid better uh, for sure. Uh, and uh, But I, I don't know. That's, that is an issue. Uh, I mainly was calling in, though, about the DMV and the Wizards and uh, moving out of the city uh, as an old school Washingtonian. Yeah, this DMV thing called, this is this relatively new uh, with the V added on. Um, I know the area has grown and the Virginia's, you know, it's a little more, uh, you know, progressive than it has been when I was growing up. But Virginia was, was like a whole different area, really, for us. Uh there's some native Washingtonians on, 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 you know, even native Washingtonians that moved out to Maryland. You know, it's a history behind that. PG County is, you know, Prince George's County is predominantly black. And those were people that were originally from D.C. Uh, you know, and so Virginia was just a different area uh, uh, for us that we didn't really count. You know, this like I say, this DMV from one of my other old school Washingtonian buddies. The only DMV he knows is Department of Motor Vehicles. You know, but uh, it is an issue. And to me, I would say the solution is to let the Caps move on out there. The Capitals, the hockey team, their 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 fan base is literally ninety nine percent white if you know i mean as far as the attendance of the game now i follow the caps and back them but you know i've been to a few games and i was talking to kevin before i got on with you and uh we had both said we had been to capitals games before a friend of mine it, it, it you know a co-worker rather it, it gave me a ticket to a couple games and that's amazing you go to those capital games it's literally 99.9 percent uh, white folks, you can really count on one hand how many people of color or black people per se go to those games. So I'm okay with the Capitals moving. The, the Wizards, this is a, you know basketball is 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 more of a predominantly black sport as you know, uh, more urban. I mean DC is a basketball town. Uh, you know I'd be okay huh? for the Capitals to move. Mm-hmm. No, I, I was going to say, I was going to jump in and say, because, you know, the, the sports teams so, sort of, the cities or areas identify with the sports team. That's that's the identity, right. you know, so it, yeah, it is an issue. Even though, even yeah. though back to the DMV, because they, they're, they're still moving just, you know, a few miles, you know, they're still in, in, in the, the, you can still go to the games, you can drive to the games, you, 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 you can watch them on TV. It's not like they're going, oh, yeah. you know going to a different yeah, state but it's the, the principle now you know we have some of the the the, the native uh washingtonians that are sports writers such as they if you get a chance check out kevin blackstone's article david aldrich uh i'll give you a slight uh <laughs> quote of what kevin blackstone says it's a stinging blow to black dc Mm. Uh, you know you had oakland and atlanta moving to right. mostly white suburbs uh, you know, and then we had the issue about the owner of the team, who pretty much is a carpetbagger, you could really say. I mean, again, we're going to get to the point of even greed. Now, he wants, you know, there's nothing wrong with that arena uh, there. Right. Uh, but you know what, Rick? Uh, you, you know, know what? We'll, we'll probably, we'll, let's table this discussion. We'll probably pick it up at some other time because obviously it's it, it's an issue that Washingtonians want to talk about. So I'll get Kevin to hook it okay. up and see if we, we can have a, a full yeah. discussion on let's, that. Let's, let's yeah. Call. Yeah. I would definitely want to call in. Sure. Okay. 
right. Thank you. Uh, uh, thank you. Thank you, Rick. Because uh, it's Darrell right now. We're trying to, uh, you know, uh, solve this uh, crime issue around the high school yeah. campuses. So I don't want to take off attention on what you're doing because you've been. You, how long have you been doing this, by the way? Thirty some years. I come up uh, wow. out of that old NOI security. Okay. I was taught and trained at old D.C. dope busters where we went into Mayfair and Paradise uh, and cleaned it up in the early 80s. And coming up out of that training, and this is what Crisis Management Unit uh, came up out of, the training that the Honorable Minister Louis Favicon has trained the FOIs all over the world. So what I'm doing uh, it was what I was taught and trained to do. So the thing for us uh, uh, is now I don't get paid, call, but I do. Right. Every day that I wake up, you know, is a blessing. Well, is, is it a thankless job, Tyrell? Yeah. And Mark wants to talk to you about it. But do, do the students, do the parents, do the teachers, do they thank you for what you're doing? Of course they do. I, I don't talk about the, the uh, women or the mothers that lost their sons. I represent them. You know, so this is, I got major support in the city, not financially, but I'm not going to see our people in the condition and walk past like the Levite. And that's what a lot of us do. And this is why I speak so forcefully against it, because everybody got something to say. See, you on Facebook, we on Instagram, but you won't get in the street and help your damn people. See, and this is why, guess what I do not say about Paul. You know, I comes on your show, I deny going on other people's shows. Because I'm not about no damn body's ratings. I'm trying to save somebody's life because I love our people. So, of course, I'm in the people's business because I'm about my father's business, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. So, for me, uh, going against the grain in opposition, in which I have to deal with, that's easy for me because at the end of the day, they talking. I'm working. While I'm working, they talking. Right. Hold that thought right there, a 10 away from the top. Yeah, Mark has joined us from B. Morris on line three. Good morning, Mark. You're on with uh, Dyrell. Okay, yeah, man. Thanks for having this conversation, uh, uh, Carl. And, and, and thank you, brother. Um, here in Baltimore, um, uh, with, I'm here with Captain Andrew and, and, and yes, Dr. Bunny and all our religious uh, leaders here in Baltimore, man. And like you say, out in the street. You know, out in the street and brick and mortar. And, and Carl, we don't celebrate each other, man. We don't sell. You'll have guys call here, like the brother said, and complain and whine and all that kind of stuff. We got these weak leaders, you know, here in Baltimore that will, will, and go on weoutusmovement.org if anybody want to partner with us. But, um, Carl, you got these weak leaders here that will uh, 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 talk about, like the brother said, we out us and, and bring the name up. It, it even had had the man talk about um, get off your 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 your, your ass and, and go out there where we are us. But Captain Andrew stood in, in Bishop Daniel's church, uh, and with three years in, and said we hadn't been funded. You know what I mean? We had six hundred million dollars, but we hadn't been funded. You know, and stuff like that, man. So people run their mouth and they talk and all that kind of stuff. But here in Baltimore, we got Baltimore brothers. Baltimore sisters and Muslim brothers, Christian brothers, sisters, brothers, people lost their children and stuff like that. And no teachers shouldn't be armed. Teachers are the ones that be teaching. But look here in Baltimore, the only the only school police that's not armed, and you got, I seen a young lady, y'all, 
stand out on the grass of the city hall, our city hall was the last one in the United major city in the United States to open back up after the pandemic. This young young lady, seventeen, stood out there with tears in her eyes, and she said. Um, where are the metal detectors? Where she said I had a friend that was shot. She said we shouldn't have to pray to turn eighteen. And none of the none of the these weak political leaders we have here in Baltimore, and I know we're gonna change that right. uh this election, said anything. So thank you, brother. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, let's give him a chance to respond because we come up on a break. Eight eight away from the top hour. Something that he mentioned, that uh, Mark mentioned, uh, uh brother Dyrell is about the, the, the metal detectors. Uh, metal detectors in the schools in the district? Yeah, of course you have metal detectors there, but ain't nothing like about the human spirit. Ain't nothing like the human spirit. And it's nothing like having the qualified people that's necessary that just don't look at those positions as a job. Now, there's no doubt about it, Muhammad Moss number six, under the, uh, the directions of uh, Brother Carlos, excuse me, Brother Salam and Brother Andrews doing a magnificent job. And you hear what the Brother Mark just said. He can't get the funding. He's more effective and efficient. That Moss is more effective and efficient than anything in Baltimore. But you ain't going to Let me ask you, could we come from our bread? Let me ask you this, though. But if you got the funding, wouldn't they tell you how to spend that money, how, you know, how, how to use those funds? Isn't it easier now you don't have to report to anybody? I'll let you respond to that when we get back because we've got to take a short break. And Howard in L.A. has got a question for you as well. Family, you two can join this conversation with Brother Dyrell Muhammad. Reach out to us at 800 450 7876. We're six minutes away from the top. I'll be back in four minutes, though, right here in Baltimore on 1010 WOLB. If you're in the DMV, we're rolling on FM 95.9 and AM 1450. WOL, where information is power. Good morning once again, family. A minute after the top of the hour with our guest, uh, Brother Dyrell Muhammad uh, from Washington, D.C. Momentarily, we're going to speak with journalist Richard Muhammad out of Chicago. Right now, with uh, Brother uh, Dyrell Muhammad, and he's on a crusade to keep the school, high school campuses safe. So, Brother Dyrell, do you want to respond to the last, uh, I think it was Mark, who said, or we were talking about the teachers? Oh, yeah. Uh, I no doubt about it. He's spot on with the work that's being done from Muhammad Moss number 6 under divine leadership of our beloved brother, Brother Salam and Brother Captain up there. But it's no doubt about it that we already have the program. We already have the solution to this problem, and it's called the Muslim program. And this program is more fit, efficient and effective than anything that we have seen in this world because it comes directly from God. So the thing for me is when it comes down to these students and it comes down to what we've been talking about, it was the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan that taught us that the work of God starts in the street. That's where all the problems are. So what we got to go with the problems that so the thing about it is we got to get past the labels and the people that in terms of we don't like and disagree with because the nation of Islam is more effective and efficient than anything that you see out there right now today. So even though I'm doing what I'm doing in Washington, D.C., the nation of Islam is doing this all over the country and we're doing it without money. Yeah, and, and my question was, uh, I remember the question now, Brother Dyrell, was if you took money from these organizations, wouldn't you have to do what they want when they be pulling the strings? Could you could you re- be as effective if, if taking their money? It all depends. See, and this is the thing for me. This is why I won't take no grant money. It's not that I don't want the money to be more effective and do more work. 
we already have a program that's proven, which is the Muslim program. So the thing for me is we're not government informants and that would never be. You got 110,500 words with 139 chapters in the message of the black man. And on page 131, page 182, page 282, and on page 299, the most honorable Elijah Muhammad taught us against government informant and stool pigeons. You see, so it's different for us in the nation of Islam. So if you're asking us to do the work, then you don't give us a solution. You don't give us a program. What we do, we come down and sit at the table because we already have, and this is why you have to come to us, which is the indictment against what you think that you have. Right. And now, hold on, thought, uh, Brother Darrell, because we're running out of time. We got, uh, Brother Rich is coming next. Well, Howard uh, calling from L.A. has got a question for you. He's online, too. Good morning, Howard. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. As-salamu alaykum, my brother. Wa alaykum salam, family. Uh, what I want to say, uh, did I hear properly once a uh, while back that teachers in D.C. can't strike? Uh, they're forbidden for striking. What's used to happen in the union? They can't put any kind of pressure on the uh, school board or other authorities. Here in Los Angeles, we had a strike last year, lasted maybe, I think, 30 days. And uh, the the teachers got all the, uh, got a pretty good contract. Also, the whole system like shut down because the support staff went out with them. And, and also here uh, in California, the um, Cal State University professors are going on strike. They started yesterday. So, you know, the strike thing is very important, even for teachers. Now, my question is, if these teachers walked out on the strike, would they be arrested for some kind of law, some kind of violation of law? That's why they can't strike. They walk working on a contract for about over a year or more. That's like slavery, man, you know. All right. Uh, it's not his issue, but I'll let, I'll let him get a chance to respond. Thanks, thanks, Howard. Darrell, you want to uh, tackle that question of, about whether teachers can strike or not? Well, I don't have specific information on that. Uh, and we are taught in the nation of Islam that we have to be actual and factual. But I can say this. Uh, you have our people that is divided on both sides, brother. And there's no unity amongst us to be effective as we can be. Because we, it's too much division, we divide it. So you know a house divided cannot stand. Right. Uh, and Brother Dario, uh, before we let you go, tell us what schools you're going to and when. And is, is there anything that the people listening now, whether they're being in the DMV or, or listening around the country, how can they help you? Well, I have a 501C uh, that you can go to safetymeasuresmatter.org if you would like uh, to make a contribution or donation. But this upcoming Thursday, I will be uh, in H.D. Woodson High School. Uh, next Monday, I would be in Cadoza High School. I'm in, I'm in talks with Coolidge High School, Eastern High School, and Roosevelt High School. So the thing for me is uh, I'm doing all that I can with what I have. And truth be told, without you know the fanfare, I'm more effective than all of this in Washington, D.C., because I'm out there every day. When I get off this uh, uh, interview this morning, I'm going in the street, bro, and make sure the closest school to me in Washington, D.C., that them babies can get to school and get the education and get out of there. See, so words are beautiful, but action is supreme. All right. Thank you, Brother Dyrell, and thank you for the work that you do, man. And if you need our help, just call us up because we can help you. But thank you for what you do and looking out for our youngsters. You're welcome, beloved brother. 
All right, this brother Daryl Muhammad from Washington D.C. and he's going around to the schools. He's he's on a crusade to reduce the crime rate around the schools, starting with Washington D.C. But he wants to take it nationwide. So if you, those folks who want to get in touch with him, get in touch with him for you, because you know most of us the problems surround our schools are in our neighborhoods, and so it's our problem. We're the only ones who can solve it. Having said that, I want to say salam alaikum to my brother Richard Muhammad joining us. Good morning, brother Richard. Hey, salam alaikum, Carl. How are you? Walaikum salam, my brother. Listen, uh, brother uh, Darrell was just talking about the problems in, in the school system, and but basically, those are our problems. Those are our babies, as he mentioned, yes. and and we're the only, we're the ones who have to come up with a solution. You know, the other folks don't care that we we shoot and kill each other. You know that, that's yeah. part of their that makes it their job a lot easier. Before we start yes. talking about politics, wh- what advice did you have for a brother like like brother Darrell? Well, I, I I literally only heard the end of his uh, of his presentation, but I would say to my brother, keep doing what you're doing. Um, one of the things, Carl, that that I have um, noticed, if you will, from I don't know, ten years ago, when the minister led the FOI into the street to try to lessen tension <clears throat> and promote peace. Um, so while the FOI was out with the minister trying to resolve a problem we did not originate, I didn't see a massive joining of our people to help resolve the issue. And I think that that's what uh, my brother in D.C. needs. We have got to see this as our problem, meaning individually, not somebody else's. You know, and and I think we should also we got to get over our fear, you know, because one of the one of the really crazy things to me, when a minister led the FOI in the street, and this was something that happened around the country, you know, and so, so of course when a minister went out, you know, we we went out with him, but of course brothers were doing this all around the country, right? Not waiting for him to show up and literally lead them, but. <clears throat> You know, Carl, whenever the enemy or the children of our slave masters see or hear Farrakhan, they attack. And we allow the attack as opposed to telling them, mind your business, is our babies dying and we're going to save them. So I say to my brother in D.C., keep working um, because that's the only way you get results. That's the only way. So just keep working, and may Allah bless you. And hopefully those who hear and see the value will join the effort. All right. Eight, nine after the top of the hour. Uh, Jay, before we start politics, Jay Marie has a question or a comment. Uh, she's on Life 4. She's calling from Tennessee. Good morning, Jay Marie. Hi, good morning. I, I just want to uh, uh, also say thanks, uh, Darrell, for what he's doing. But there's also a, a bigger agenda just to continue to break down the family uh, structure. Uh, we have teachers in schools. He mentioned, do we arm the teachers? And he said he didn't think so because some are unstable. I would agree with that because you have teachers that uh, may say that they are fluid. And so on the outside of their door where you used to have Mr. MR or Miss MS and uh, MRS, now you have MX, MX Nelson, or whatever your last name is, because you're fluid. And your t- students, we're talking middle school, should address you as they. And I'm in middle schools and elementary schools, and I see this at both levels. 
uh, where girls are asking girls out and their self-esteem is so bad. One week you may be going out with a girl. Next week, middle school again, they're going out with boys. So they're, you know, this whole, um, that agenda is, is a big issue in, class, in schools. And I was wondering if that was an issue uh, where well, he well, is. Well, thanks, Dave, uh, Marie. Thanks for your call. Let me ask Brother Richard. Brother Richard, what she told us, is, how do you see that? Is this a trend that's going on? Is this a, a fad that, you know, uh, will blow over in a couple of years? Or how do you see it? No, I mean, I, I think, Carl, what, what, I think that what you see, you see a group in the society pressing their agenda. Now, remember that President Barack Obama was critical, Right to this group moving forward and, and talking about marriage and, 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 and other things. So we're, we're looking at major changes in society and social engineering that, of course, impact us and our children. Um, I want to add something a little different to this conversation. Uh, a good friend of mine I've known for years is a teacher in Baltimore, special ed. And she talked about how she has been assaulted by a student who's a special ed student, has special needs. And she has basically tried to, fi- tried to figure out how to deal with this. This is a young man. She's not even about 5'5". Five five. She's maybe about 5'2", right? Been teaching for years. She doesn't want this young man to end up in the criminal justice system, right? So she's trying to figure out how to work with him, work around him, uh, finding some way to keep him out of the system. This is why I'm saying, Carl, we have to get up and do something for ourselves. Whether you're talking violence outside the school, whether you're talking violence inside the school, the other thing um, that I think we're looking at around the country is losing black teachers. Losing black teachers that are committed to helping our children. So we got to get up and do something. We can't continually sit around and think that somebody's going to come and rescue us. We're going to vote and magically things are going to get better. We got serious problems. And we can resolve them if we put a mind to it. This is not a day when we should be unsuccessful. But in order for us to have success, we've got to go to work, and we've got to decide we're going to work together, and we're not going to let anybody outside of our community tell us what we should be doing. So we need some boldness and some love for one another today. And for your friend, may I jump in and encourage her to just call a meeting, you know, with the parents, administrators, and have her teachers, whoever she needs. I applaud her for not making it a, a disciplinary issue because that would, you know, lead probably to the whole paper trail of getting them in the system. But just to put some things in place uh, in that meeting to be able to deal with that. If she just wants the behavior to change and she doesn't necessarily want, you, you know, some kind of disciplinary action done to the child. All that right. means, yeah. yes. It doesn't yeah. have to wait on her administrator or any of that. And I'm going to hang up. And thank you, Jim. All right. Thanks, Jay Marie. Yeah, thank you. Because this sister has, she's done the meetings. What she wants, Carl, is for this young man to be successful, right? Yeah. 
That's what now, hold that thought right there, Brother Rich. We're going to take a quick break. I'll let you finish when we come back. But you're absolutely right. Other teachers, they'd report him a long time ago, get him kicked out of the class. Yeah. And then, as, as Sister Jamie Reed mentioned, there's a paper trail behind his name now wherever he goes for yeah. the rest of his life. That's where it's going to start. But I'll let you pick up on that when we get back. 14 minutes after the topic. I'll be back in four minutes. Family, you want to join our discussion with Brother Richard Muhammad? Reach out to us. 800 450 7876 your phone calls in four minutes right here in Baltimore on 1010 WOLB. If you're in the DMV, we're on FM 95.9 and AM 1450 WOL, where information is power. And thanks for rolling with us, family. 21 minutes after the top of the hour with our guest, uh, Brother Richard Muhammad. He's a journalist. You may have seen his work in the Final Call newspaper. Before we left, though, uh, Brother Richard, my question to you, is that part of our problem? We're waiting on somebody to come and save us? I, I, I think, Cole, we, that is something um, that we have to get, get, get out of. And I know sometimes the problems can seem overwhelming, in particular depending on where you get information. Right. If I listened to the Carl Nelson show this morning, I was able to hear about a brother in Washington, D.C., who's doing work. Right. So I'm able to hear someone who is in the process of making progress. So now I can kind of link to that person or get inspired to do something on my own similar to what they're doing. I think we, we have to understand, Carl, that if we act properly, this is not a day when we are going to be unsuccessful. It really isn't. This is the day, according to the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, this is the day when we ought to be successful if we move in the proper way in a proper time. What that means is not being so dependent on white people, what it means is us deciding we are going to do everything we can for ourselves. And I think that for me, for me, I think that once you start to work on something for yourself, you have a greater sense that others should be held accountable, right? So if Brother Muhammad is working, now Brother Muhammad wants to know what's the local alderman doing. What's the congressman doing? What's the president doing? Not that I'm waiting on them, but I'm doing my part now. I'm defining my issues. I'm coming up with strategies. And now I want those who are supposed to be my public servants to fall in line with what I want, as opposed to voting every four years or two years and then falling asleep until the next time they say, oh, well, all the sheep come out and vote. Yeah, and that's a question we're going to get in in a moment. But Jerry's joining us on line one. He's calling from Montgomery County. Good morning, Jerry. You're on with Brother Richard Muhammad. Good morning. Uh, there's a reason why the meetings will not work as suggested. For a regular ed student, and it was suggested that that student was special ed, there's a program called SIT in most schools, School Improvement Team, and that's where the teachers, the parents, and maybe an administrator will get together and talk about oh. the needs of that particular student. But... Because that student is special ed, the state of Maryland is going to require that an FBA, functional behavior assessment, and other uh, means are done on that particular student. That's documentation. 
the student is going to have to go outside of the school system to get help today because it's not there without the documentation once that student has been determined to be special ed. Yeah. Uh, thank you for sharing that with us, uh, Jerry. But uh, this, the question of special ed, uh, Brother Richard, you know our students uh, yeah. are overrepresented when it comes to special, the special ed department. You, you know, they, they claim yeah. that our students, uh, especially uh, the young black boys, are troublemakers, and, and they try to put them on Ridley and stuff like that. Your response to what Jerry just said, though? Well, I, 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 I think, Carl, in, in particular for the situation that I've raised, right? Um, one of the issues for the student that they, they are special ed, but one of the issues called is that they, they really can't read, <clears throat> right? So this student is in high school, can't read, older. So now a myriad of, of problems start to, to kick in. That's why I'm saying we have got to get involved. We can't look for somebody else. Can, can, can I add you know, we can't, about we can't, that lady because I'm a Can I finish, please? Thank you. We cannot wait for somebody else. So that means there's a level of organization and activity. We're going to have to sacrifice some time. We may have to sacrifice a little money. But I think that when we sacrifice... You want to know what the heck is the system doing? Thank you, brother. You can go right ahead. Jerry? Yeah, so I'm a special ed teacher, but I'm also a reading specialist. I agree with the, uh, the brother about what's happening with young African Very often, teachers, African-American males, are not staying in the school system. Because when you get a group of students like that, it should be a low number so you can work or ameliorate their problems that, that developed early on in life. And if you watch the movie Origins or read the book Cast, you'll see a really good explanation of what's happening with these kids. It's not always about race. It's a lot of times about a caste system that has been put in place based on their skin color and their inability to learn quickly when they're young. So teachers move them. It's the same old system. Move them to the back of the room, and they're no longer that concerned with them. Also, they may not uh, have a parent at home, and I encounter this a lot, a parent that can assist them with their reading. And for the people out there in America today that are believing that the teachers can do everything for all students, it's not going to happen. We really can't. Uh, yeah. It's not enough time in the day, but we try to do our best. But I frequently get situations where students are moved to my classroom because other teachers claim that they cannot handle them, they cannot right. deal with them. And most other African-American males at that point say, nope, I'm out of here. I'm going to a county system where I don't have to deal with that, where my class is overcrowded with students who are acting out every day and there's nobody there to help me. I've chosen to stay, but many don't stay. Well, Jerry, I want to thank you for your commitment and thank you for calling in this morning because that is an issue, uh, Brother Richard, but it seems like 
again, nobody's talking about it. Nobody's coming up with solutions, which is social promotion. The students are just, you know, going and they can't read, can't do math. And we hear the, the, the system is failing them. Then when they become adults, they have they they're struggling because we're, we're now our children are competing, competing with with the students from across the world because of the Internet. Before you just uh, competing with, you know, probably stateside or, or in different states or different cities. Now the Internet has made the world so much uh, smaller. So what do we do uh, as on that on the education effort? What do we do? How can we make up the, you know, bridge that gap? Well, I, I, I think one of the things we do call is we support the work that this brother is doing and that my friend is doing. Um, we also have to be aware that these systems were never designed to serve us, right? So that means that there will, we will have to, at some point, get into some kind of fight, right? One of the things, Carl, and, 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 and I, I think you, you, you know this as well, there was a time when there was an independent black teachers association, right? There was an independent black police officers association, right? And there were others. But these groups, from what I've seen, um, outside of some people that are working to try to preserve black teachers, right? And some black officer groups, they've been subsumed very often by labor unions. So instead of being an independent body, that's connected with our people, our struggle in our community, they are now a caucus inside of a union. And I think that we, we, we have got to understand our self-determination and our progress lies with us organizing among ourselves. <clears throat> so what do I mean by that? And you mentioned solutions. <clears throat> when we organize among ourselves, now we can push the system, demand from the system, but most of all, get involved on a day-to-day with our children. You know, um, and I'm, I, I hope I'm making sense. I'm going to wrap this up, Carl, real quick. Um, some years ago, I was running my own business as a media consultant before I came back to to become editor-in-chief for The Final Call, which I remain. Um, but I literally spent thousands of my own dollars, Carl, over summers where I would do once a day something that I called Salam Saturday. It was food. It was music. I even had to get porta potties called, believe it or not. Because the school on the, the playground, the school playground on which I had the activities, the school really did little except say you can use the playground. You gotta have porta potties, you gotta have all these things. By law's grace I was I was able to do it. But why, Carl, why? Because I felt like we were continually saying to our children that they were part of a community, but we were not offering them that which makes them feel like part of a community. It's not on somebody else. Unless we take power first and force other people, force them to do their jobs. But the first step is us. And it was beautiful, Carl, to see. You know, you, you, you get people talking about how people don't want to help. They want something for free. Look, I live in South Shore, a black community right here in Chicago. Every time we did that Salam Saturday event, people wanted to help. My neighbors put together the basketball court, I, basketball rim, rather, because I ain't good at that, Carl. 
other neighbors came out to help. One neighbor put together the um, the goal so the children could could play soccer. Brothers and sisters from the Nation of Islam came out and did martial arts demonstrations and face paintings, right? My point is this. We can do it. We can do it. This is not a day for us to be successful, but the way to success is us loving, moving, sacrificing, organizing among ourselves. Why are we organizing? We're organizing to have an impact, but we're organizing because we're going to make sure we hold everybody accountable. And ain't nobody getting away. But that accountability starts with Brother Muhammad holding himself accountable. Amen. And listen, we got to take a short break. When we come back, let's talk some politics now. It seems like we have a dilemma as black folks uh, coming up with the choices. And I guess America has a dilemma, too. But for us, it's more acute. So I want you to help help us out how we should, uh, you know, approach this. 800-450-7876. Family, you want to join this conversation? Brother Richard Muhammad from The Final Call. Reach out to us. We'll take your phone calls in four minutes right here in Baltimore on 1010 WOLB. If you're in the DMV, or on FM 95.9 and AM 1450. WOL, or information is power. And good morning once again, family. 21 minutes away from the top of the hour with our guest, Brother Richard Muhammad from The Final Call. He's a journalist working with the Nation of Islam. Before we go back to him, let me just remind you, coming up uh, later this morning, we're going to speak with naturopathic doctor Stephen Tates out of Atlanta. Dr. Tates is one of the top, if not the top, uh, naturopathic doctor uh, in the country. He's going to provide holistic survival information for 2024. I know a lot of in, uh, news in, about uh, uh, men with prostate problems and women with fibroid issues. He's going to tackle those issues as well. And later this week, you're going to hear from the University of Houston's Dr. Gerald Horn, also Afrocentric professor, Dr. Edu- uh, educational professor, Dr. Kemet Shaka will be here. Homeless advocate, Minister Christina Flowers from Baltimore is going to give us an update on the homeless situation in her city. And Griot, Professor James Small will join us as well. So if you're in Baltimore, make sure your radio's locked in tight on 1010 WLB. If you're in the DMV, you're on FM 95.9 and AM 1450 WOL. All right, Brother Richard, the problem is we're looking at the candidates for the presidential election in November, and nobody seems too pleased with them. And some folks who say they're going to sit it out, or some people say, if you sit it out, you're really not sitting out, and then somebody else is going to, you know, to get, be able to use your vote for their candidate. How, how do we as black people assess what's going on between these two, these two men, which neither, neither seem to be working for, for us as, as, a, as a candidate? How do you see what we do? We lost Brother Richard. Well, what, yeah. um, what I what I what I see, Brother Carl, is three major issues: one, disaffected black voters; two, uh, agendas and accountability; and three, can America literally survive the twenty twenty four national um, election? I want to kind of turn this around a different way. I was reading something that said. The 2024 election may literally end up hinging on about 45,000 votes, right? Because we're talking about in in specific states that will turn the state for one candidate versus the other. Because we're talking about the Electoral College, not the millions in the proper popular vote. It's the Electoral College that determines who becomes president. So I think the question is not just on us. But the question is on a Democrat. 
how badly do they want to win, right? How badly do they want to win, and are they willing now? And are we willing? Not so much are they willing. Are we willing to challenge them to give us some of the things that we want? Mr. Biden, right, short time ago, relatively speaking, had the White House, the House, and the Senate, our so-called friends in the Democratic Party. They did not pass the John Lewis Voting Rights Bill, and now we see the steady destruction and erosion of black voting rights at the local level. They did not pass any kind of comprehensive police reform when they had the quote-unquote power in their hands. So if you are supposed to be, and now remember, Carl, Mr. Biden, when he was elected, said that black folks had his, that black folks saved him and saved American democracy, and he had our backs. But what are we getting? What are we getting? So I, I, I think the question is not only what do we have to lose, but what does this country have to lose? Because I think this fear, what I call fear of a white seat politics, where there's always a Republican boogeyman that drives us to vote, and then what? So, you know, that's that's kind of my some of my initial feelings on that. Um, well, let me let me ask you this then, because there's a lot of talk about reparations. Should that be a litmus test for anybody who's running for office anywhere in any position in this country? I think it should be on the agenda because there's something critical, right, to us moving past or beginning to move past or beginning to. And, and when I talk about reparations, I'm talking about that which will move us forward as a people, right? Reparations, something that will repair the damage. I think it absolutely should. And I think now if we are too afraid because we don't want white folks to run to, to Trump, if we say what we want on our agenda, something's wrong with us. We cannot be too afraid to articulate that which we believe to be in our best interest. So this kind of weak need response, this capitulating response, this response where we're always thinking about someone else instead of us. I think reparations is, is critical. And, of course, in the Muslim program, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad calls for a literal separate state of territory wherein this government will take care of our needs for 20 to 25 years until we're able to fully – um, take care of ourselves. Some people may say that's a pipe dream. Okay, keep on keep on watching. Because I'm telling you, a pipe dream is believing that Mr. Biden is going to is going to rise up and deliver you. Has he done it yet? Yeah, and the question is uh, too, brother Richard. The people who have Biden's ear, do you think they're telling him what, what, what the, the grassroots people are discussing? Do you think if they understand? how serious it is because people are not feeling him as you mentioned yeah yeah i i, th- I think called it very often um those who are in the quote-unquote corridors of power they are not challenging someone like a mr biden they are going with the status quo 
So we will see. And, and again, Carl, you know, you one, one of the things that I think that we need to ask anybody who is saying to us, you got to vote, we should ask them this question. What are we doing the day after Election Day? The day after Election Day, what are we doing? Because there's this move to drive our people to the poll like sheep. So they don't want you to stay engaged, but other groups do. They don't want you to demand something for your vote, but lobbyists with their money, with their plans, and with their influence, they working every day on somebody's behalf. So this, we have to understand, and there's a great speech the minister did in 1996, um, to the Convention of the Oppressed, this was after the Million Man March. And he talked about understanding the purpose of government and understanding enlightened self-interest. We have to stop being like sheep. Again, goes back to what I kind of where I started from. We have got to get engaged. And we've got to get engaged not because we believe that somebody else is going to deliver us. We have got to get engaged because we know we have to deliver us, we have to deliver ourselves, and we are going to organize ourselves and hold others who are supposed to serve us accountable. All right, got some folks who want to talk to you at thirteen away from the top. The IJ's up first uh, to speak to Brother Richard Muhammad. He's on line one. Good morning, Jay. Hey, good morning, folks. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Hey, uh, shalom to you. Um, I, um, you know, I have a different approach and different mindset with a lot of things. You know, I, I grew up in D.C. and I watched Tony and all this good stuff. But, you know, I used to be in Baltimore a lot, too, because, you know, because of family. But um, so I, I see the, the deterioration in both cities and even Chicago. You know what I'm saying? Um, I got family down there, too. But um, I'm going to say something that may, might make your hair stand on the back of your neck, but I don't believe in white and black, to be honest. Mm. That, that's my stand. But I'll stand there because that's the, that's the dominance and that's the way, that's the, that's the divisional mindset that we're in right now. So I'll stay there. But the black folks in this country, I tell you now, you know, when you get away from family, when you get away from family and you get away from the core of your existence, which is, which is, which is God, you know, you, you, you're going to have problems, and we can't – I'm not a politician. I don't deal with politics like that, but, you know, I'm not going to look at someone in a politician and say, you know what, you, you, you're the root of all this problem. You know, the evil in this world has been evil before we were even born. You know, in the last days, it says in the Bible, it talks about people falling away. You know, the, 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 the love in many will go grow cold. You know, man will be lover, more love of self, you know. And it also says God will pull out his spirit in the last days. So, you know, what you're seeing, everything is going on with these kids and with the the, the, the deterioration of the family, people killing their own children, abortion, it's all biblical. And there's only one thing going to solve it is the love of Christ in people's, the spirit of Christ in people's heart. To be, to, to, for that, or dark, that dark space, that void to be lit up. All right, Jay, we get the gist of what you're saying, and, we, and we're racing the clock, so I want to give Brother Richard a chance to respond to what you just said. But I thank you for your call. Brother Richard, he says we're basically in the end of times. This is all biblical. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think, first of all, what he said about family is critical. 
we've got to keep working to rebuild and strengthen our families. Two, biblical, Quranic scripture. Absolutely, we're in that time. If we understand it in the modern sense, and if we don't look back 2,000 years, but we're looking today, but look now, there's another part of that that talks about the deliverance of a certain people. Abraham's prophecy, where Abraham's seed would go into bondage under a strange land, uh, under strange people for 400 years, and after that time, God himself would come. Why? To deliver that people and to punish those that they have served. We absolutely, I believe, are in that time. But we just have to ask. Well, let me jump in and ask you this then. The situation in Gaza, is this part of, is this a scriptural prophecy as well? I, I believe yeah. it is. I, I believe it is, Carl, but let me, let me, let me just say this. Thank you. Um, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan will, will deal with that at our Savior's Day Convention in Detroit. He will be speaking uh, Sunday, February 25th, and his subject matter is, what does the great Mahdi and the great Messiah have to say about the war in the Middle East? And that's, again, February 25th, uh, Save Day Convention in Detroit. Um, that's the weekend of February 23rd through 25th. Um, and we hope that, that people will tune in, but also get to Detroit, brothers and sisters. Enjoy being with us. And I'm telling you, you will be at peace. You will be respected. You will be able to see that we can absolutely get along with one another in peace and love and harmony. You know what? I'm glad you mentioned that because people have been even talking about what's Minister Farrakhan say about what's going on in Gaza. They keep asking him. And he yes. has, he's been sort of silent here, so I'm glad that he's going to speak out. Because a lot of people are wondering why, you know, they think that he's been coward. And, and you and I know that nobody can coward the minister. But it, they, they want to hear what his version, what's going on, and what it means to us. So I'm glad that he's going to yeah. d- discuss that on, on Savior's Day. Yeah, and, and I think, Cole, you know, the minister's been teaching for longer than I've been alive. And I'm 62. So I think the question is, when we hear him, what do we do? Right? What do we do with this information and this, and this word that this man gives us? Do we actually use it, or do we kind of get, in a sense, um, we get a rhetorical high for the moment, and then we go back to what we were doing? No, brothers and sisters. We, the minister delivers a word to spiritually reinvigorate us and enliven us and get us to act get us to act. So if a man is giving you supreme wisdom, but if you won't use it, if you won't try to use it, if you're waiting for him to give you another spiritual injection, that's not how it works. You take that word, you eat that word, it nourishes you, and you go to work off of that word. That's what brings us success. And I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh, eight away from the top. Yeah, we're coming from a break, but let's go to line three. Alan's calling us from Baltimore. Alan, you're on with Brother Richard Muhammad. Is Alan there Hello. on line three? Yeah, go ahead, Alan. Oh, can you hear me? Sure. I tell you what, hold that thought right there because you're running out of time. I thought you'd be on the ball. But hold that thought right there. I'll let you pose your question to Brother Richard when we get back. we got to take a short break. 800-450-7876. Speak to Brother Richard Muhammad, by the way. He's going to be on uh, WVON, I think, tonight. Is it right tonight, Brother Richard? You're going to be on? Absolutely. 9 o'clock Central Time, WVON, the Black Talk Chicago. 
All right. So you can check out more because I know they're gonna, these are some of the topics they're going to be talking about on WVON tonight. But we'll be back in four minutes right here in Baltimore on 1010 WOLB. If you're in the DMV, we're on FM 95.9 and AM 1450 WOL, where information is power. Family, a minute after the top of the hour. Our guest is uh, 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 Brother Richard Muhammad. You've seen his work if you've read The Final Call. Uh, He's a journalist out there, and we're talking politics. Before we left, uh, oh, let me just mention this. Coming up momentarily, we're going to speak with uh, Dr. Stephen Tate. He's a naturopathic doctor. But, Alan, we're speaking with Alan on on line three, calling from Baltimore. Alan, your question is coming from Brother Richard. Yeah, I know Dr. Muhammad. Do you think President Obama, because we gave him 98% of our vote, and he's not pushing reparations now, and next month going to be Black History Month? Do you think we can become slaves with the vote? And this is what I said, that Biden was uh, 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 President Obama vice president for eight years. If he doesn't know what we want now and he had a black boss, who would you think give us reparation, a black man or a white man? And that's real sad. And uh, I'm kind of backing on a brown woman. You know, sometimes because of these white men, they never give them. You say they don't even fund your organization. They'll never give us money because money can be a tool for empowerment. Do you think we get reparations from a white man or a black man or a, a brown woman? Oh, all right. Well, Thanks, I, Alan. Thank you. I think, brother. I think, brother, we will get reparations, but it will not be dependent on one individual, black, brown, or white. We are taught by the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and Minister Farrakhan that this is the day of judgment for America. This is the day of judgment for America. Listen to what, and I know sometimes, brothers and sisters, it can seem like a lot of noise, but listen listen to what white Americans and white analysts are saying about this 2024 election. They are afraid that literally it could bring down their country. So this is not a, a, a normal time, if you will. And, brother, you mentioned the question. You used the word slave. Thank you. Because this is a couple of definitions of slave, right? One, a person who was forced to work for and obey another as con- and is considered to be their property or an enslaved person. Number two, second definition of slave, a device or part of one directly controlled by another. So I'll leave that, my brother, for you to decide. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad and the minister have said to us that the day is over when we should be free slaves. This is why our unity, and I'm not talking a pipe dream, brothers and sisters. I'm talking about us working together, sacrificing together, being committed. So Brother Muhammad is not going to sell you out. Certainly, Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan ain't going to sell you out. If you don't know nothing else, you should know that by now. And if you don't know that by now, then I'm just going to say this. You are ungrateful. You are ungrateful to a man who is being divinely used and divinely led. So let's get on up, black folk, and and get to work now. Again, this is not a day when we should be unsuccessful if we act in accord with the time, as John Obliza Muhammad and the minister have told us to do. All right. So uh, give us again the information about Savior's Day. Savior's Day. Thank you. Savior's Day will be 
uh, February 23rd through the 25th in Detroit. The minister's keynote address will be, what does the great Mahdi and the great Messiah have to say about the war in the Middle East? And again, he will be speaking Sunday, February 25th. You can catch our show tonight, Straight Words. You can catch us at 9 o'clock Central Time. Go to straightwords.com, straightwords.com, straightwords.com for the details. But tune in tonight. We're not as good as Carl, but we're working on it. And uh, you, your brothers are pretty good. So, what do you know? What you're going to be talking about tonight? Is it going to be politics? Yeah, we're going to we're going to talk a couple things. One, Carl, we're going to talk about the the case, the the death of Elijah McClain. Right. This is the young brother, 23 years old, uh, walking home. Somebody calls the cops about a sketchy person. He, the cops end up confronting him. He ends up in a chokehold. He ends up in a health crisis. EMTs come hit him with this major dose of sedative, he eventually loses his life. We're going to have an update on his case and some of the things happening in Aurora, Aurora Colorado, as a result of, of his tragic death. We're going to have a an hour with Dr. Wesley Muhammad, probably going to do a roundup of a lot of subjects. But in that last hour, call if everything goes well by large grace, we're going to spend our last hour. We're on from 9 p.m. to midnight central time. And in that last hour, 9 p.m. to 9 p.m., 9 p.m. to midnight central time. In that last hour, we're going to talk about reparations by a lot of grace. All right. See, you guys, see, you've got more time. So I told you you're in the right direction, <laughs> Brother Richard. Now you're on for three hours on Tuesday night. So good to hear that. Yes, sir. Well, you know, I'm learning from the best, Carl. Thank you for taking me to school. All right. Thank you. Thank you for your kind words, Brother Richard Muhammad. Thank you again for sharing that information with us. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right. Six after the top of the hour. Let's keep moving now to our next guest, who is uh, Dr. Stephen Tate. Dr. Tate, good morning and Happy New Year, sir. Good morning to you and Happy New Year as well. How you been doing? Excellent. How about yourself? Oh, should we ask doctors how they're doing? Is, you know, is that a question? You, people don't ask you that. I think I've asked you this before. You get them. No, they don't, you know, but I'm okay with that, you know, as long as I know they're doing okay. But every once in a while, you, you do it more than anybody else. You, you check on me and you ask how I'm doing, and I appreciate that, you know, because, you know, we need some love, too. <laughs> I'm trying, trying to help people with their health. Right. It, it, does, does that, uh, I guess it's part of it, what you do, though, but does... Does that wear on you? Because people only see you when they got problems. Well, when I first got into my profession, it did. But, you know, you know, I've been doing this for like half a century now. So I just know this is, this, you know, part of what I have to deal with. So uh, it doesn't bother me anymore. It stopped bothering me a long, long time ago because it's not about me anyway. You know, it's really about you know, the people that, need my help, need my assistance, need to learn, need to understand how to take care of the health. So, you know, I stay focused on that. I have enough family and friends that constantly check on me and few of my patients constantly check on me. I think it's a mutual thing. They want to make sure I'm okay so I can make sure they're okay. That's okay. You know? <laughs> yeah. Let me just say this for the folks who don't know, uh, uh, Dr. Tate, and we just call him Dr. Tate. His real name is Tate's, but, you know, I, I guess we've 
ebonized it, if you will, and everybody calls him Dr. Tate. I love that from uh, Dick Gregory. Folks, this is a man, some of your major movie stars, athletes, entertainers, the politicians, they, they keep his number on speed dial. They get a headache, a hangnail, they call him Dr. Tate. And I remember when they call, when they check, and the reason why I know, because they call Dick Gregory, and Dick Gregory would always refer to him, say, oh, you got to see Dr. Tate. Oh, he's always referring people to you. So we won't mention the names, but we, the, he could, uh, you know, he could go have a Rolodex of superstars and athletes and entertainers that call him when they have issues, health issues. I'm saying all that to say this. He's going to be with us for the next two hours. If you have a health issue, Take advantage of his expertise. We had to carve out these two hours out of his, his schedule to come on because he likes helping folks because the other folks, the rich folks, you charge them up. You'll get this information for free. All you got to do is give us a name. You, you don't have to use your real name or even your real city, but take advantage of his expertise and call us at 800-450-7876. At nine after the top there, though, you, you want to provide us some holistic uh, survival information for 2024. And let's just mention, he's a holistic doctor. So he's not one of the other guys in the med- in the white suits. He's a holistic doctor. Can you explain the differences uh, before we get started, Dr. Tate? Well, the difference is, is that uh, as a holistic do- doctor, we help people with changing their lifestyle. Uh, sometimes you may need to take medication if your blood pressure is too high or you're close to kidney failure or something like that, but even that can be temporary if you understand the laws that govern our body on things like, you know, drinking water and breathing exercises and physical exercises and, you know, cleansing the body, getting the right food in your system, getting enough sleep. I mean, there's a whole system that it will help us survive, not just 2024 as the planet is changing, but also the body has that ability to cleanse, heal, and rebuild itself if we provide it the right ingredients. And in this two hours, we're going to try to go through, you know, the things that we need to do to help our body be able to help itself, you know, because um, people will say, oh, just take this and you're going to be fine. Well, no. There's certain lifestyle changes we have to make. There's certain understandings we need to have about our body in order to uh, help our body improve or maintain our health if we're we're fortunate enough to uh, know what we need to do for our health. Well, let me ask you this, though. Uh, Are all illnesses reversible? The only thing that's not reversible is death, you know, I'm good, but I'm not that good. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, in some cases, the body can get so bad. Like we talked on the phone uh, the other day about the increase in kidney diseases and and kidney stones. Now, as you're dealing with a natural approach and learning what you should and shouldn't be taking into the body, well, you're going to improve the kidneys. Now, your kidneys may be only 10%, 15% functional, but if you know how to make changes, you may, uh, you know, double or triple that. You may get up in the 60 70% efficiency for the kidneys. It may never get back to 100, but, you know, 70% beats 10%, you know. So there's always ways of improving, and most things are reversible over time, if we learn to be 
learn to be consistent. I have so many people that they start to feel better, and then they want to act like they're grown. You know, I have no more pain. You know, I have my energies up. And then they go back to the same lifestyle to cause the body to break down in the first place. So, you know, consistency is what helps uh, our long-term, you know, our short and long-term health. And and I've seen the body do some, some tremendous reversals, you know, because I specialize in, you know, disease reversal. And um, I've seen blood pressure disappear, diabetes and cholesterol numbers drop down where people can slowly, you know, wean off their medication. I've seen people with, you know, stage two, stage three, in some cases, stage four cancer, and uh, are still around. Has the cancer completely gone? No. But they may have dropped down from a stage, you know, four, three to a stage one. It takes work. It takes guidance. But the body has that ability when we do what the body needs and when we provide for our body what it actually needs. All right, Dr. Tay, hold that thought right there. We're going to take a short break. Some people want to talk to you already. Folks, you got a health issue? I, again, like I say, take advantage of his expertise and the hopes that somebody else has the same issue is going to call in. You, you know, I, don't be bashful. You can use a different name, different uh, city. Dr. Tay doesn't care. Neither does Kevin. So just call in and use his advice because this is free. Because like I mentioned, he, the rich and famous use him and, and he charged them up. So this is sort of like his way of giving back to the community. 14 minutes after the top of the hour, though. We'll be back in four minutes, though, with your phone calls for Dr. Tate right here in Baltimore on 1010 WOLB. If you're in the DMV, on FM 95.9 and AM 1450. WOL, where information is power. And thanks for rolling with us, family. 20 minutes after the top of the hour with our guest, the naturopathic doctor, Dr. Tate, Dr. Stephen Tate. <laughs> There's an S on it, but everybody just calls him Dr. Tate. He was with uh, uh, Dr. Dr. Sabi, Dr. Goss. They've made their transition now, so we've only got Dr. Tate. So, again, I'm, I'm imploring you, if you've got a health issue, please take advantage of his expertise. Again, our number is 800-450-7876. You don't have to use your real name either or your real city, but... Please take advantage of what Dr. Tate's going to offer this morning. Having said that, uh, Marvin's on line one calling from Baltimore City. Good morning, Marvin. You're on with Dr. Tate. Is Marvin there on line one? Not here, Marvin. So let's move on. Uh, uh, let's go to Charlie Blue then. He's on line three calling from Los Angeles. Good morning, Charlie. Hey, how you doing this morning, Carl? Dr. Excellent. Tate. We're doing hey, great. Uh, Okay, uh, I have uh, one kidney. I'm on dialysis, and uh, let me tell you, I, I, I'm gonna let you know what happened. In 1973, I was in the 10th grade. I was playing football, and I got hit in the side, and my kidney blew up like a balloon and bursted inside, and I had inter- internal bleeding. This was in 1973. So for about 45 years, I had one kidney. The doctor said I can live a normal life, but just had to watch my, you know, diet and and don't drink alcohol and all the the acidy carbonated drinks. 
Right. They're right about that part. Absolutely. Um, how long have you been on dialysis? Well, I've been on dialysis three years. Because I, oh. I guess my one kidney was doing the work for two for about 45 years. And yeah, well, the whole, the, out. Whole, the whole body can compensate. Uh, some of the things you want to look at, are you um, limited in the amount of water you can consume? Yes. Yes. Okay. Fluid. Because yeah. recently I was, in, I was going in and out of the hospital because I had fluid on the lungs. I was having okay. too much fluid. Okay. So what you want to do, You are you eating plenty of vegetables and fruit and whole grain products and plant mm-hmm. protein and stuff like that? Yes, I'm. I'm trying. It's hard, you know, with all this, you know, fast food and stuff. But I'm trying, you know. But if you want, if you want to keep that one kidney functioning, okay, you've got to make some hard decisions on what you're putting in your body, because the animal proteins and the uh, high sodium foods, the chips, cold cuts, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're increasing the risk of that one kidney uh, failing on you. The high fructose corn syrup, you know, the sugary drinks, the alcohol. Yeah, Yeah, I know, I know. I'm I'm not saying that, like, it's easy to make that change, but you you have to make a decision because, you know, Staying alive and staying reasonably healthy is important. And the more you move away from that, and I understand it's tough because food can be addictive, you know, especially bad food, you know. And uh, and trying trying to make that change can be difficult. But, you know, life is important, you know. Living as long as you can, you know, you have to make that decision and look at some hardcore changes. Uh, sugar eats away at you know at the kidneys. You know, like alcohol mm-hmm. and chips stuff will do that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so you want to look at your fruits and vegetables, and actually start seasoning your food with things like garlic and cayenne and basil and rosemary and mint. You know, and mm-hmm. reduce it. And one of the things. And I don't mean to stop you, but one of the things you want to look at is you want to go online and look up anti-inflammatory foods, foods that don't cause inflammation, which will be some of the foods I've mentioned. And then you want to look at inflammatory foods, and you have to start making changes, you know. Uh, and, and, And that will give more life to that one kidney. And then you're strengthening the body. That's what I'm saying. You're strengthening the body. And as you strengthen the body, your immune system goes up. And areas like your liver, bladder, and spleen uh, will help compensate for the fact that you have one kidney. So the stronger you make your whole body, it's not just that one kidney, but the rest of the body you improve its strength. So that that one kidney can survive, you know, uh, and stay reasonably strong, you know. But you got to make those changes. I, I have another question I want to ask. Uh, 
if by doing all that stuff, what, 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 well, first of all, I'm on a, on the dialysis, uh, for, uh, you know, for, for getting a new kidney transplant. So I'm okay. on that list. And, but I want to know if the stuff that you're saying to do, can that reverse the dialysis and I won't have to be on dialysis maybe as long maybe because I'm because I'm I go Monday Wednesday and Friday for three and a half hours so can it reverse it and maybe I might not have to do three and a half hours or I might do it for two days or one day and that's that's a possibility but you got to make some hard choices and some hard changes. Now, let's say worst-case scenario, you do have to have a kidney transplant, you know, then the things, you're doing, the, thing, the things you're doing for your health will allow your body to accept that new kidney and not, uh, not reject that new kidney because you're doing things to help the body. So on both ends, yes, you might be able to reduce the dialysis, but more importantly, you want to strengthen the body so that if you're blessed with trying to get a new kidney, your whole body is better prepared to uh, accept and not reject that kidney. Now, that's something that we need to probably go into more detail, probably off the phone, uh, and, and you'll get my number a little later. And we can yeah, yeah, I'm going to get your number later on, yeah. and I give you a call, and you know, yeah, and we can talk some more. You answered a lot of my questions that I had, you know, I didn't know about. So thank you, yeah, Carl, yeah. and thank you, Dr. Tate. And then one more thing when you call me, make sure you mention the Kyle Nelson show. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, Dr. Tate gets a lot of calls from all across the country. Thank you, Charlie okay. Blue. Good luck. Uh, let me, before we take another call on the kidney issue, Dr. Tate, because I see these dialysis centers have sprung up all over our communities, all across the country. And I've got at least maybe four or five friends who, who uh, three are on dialysis and, and two with major kidney problems. What is going on with, with us? Is it just the black community? There's something in our DNA? Is there something in our diet? Why, do, why is this the problem so acute in our community for kidneys? Well, it's not in our DNA. It's in our lifestyle and our diet, okay? And not understanding what we should and should not do uh, as far as our whole body. And the kidneys is just a symptom of that. Many times our diet has too much inflammatory uh, qualities to it or too much uric acid and stuff or if you uh, have uh, diabetic problems or blood sugar problems, this will contribute to the breakdown of the kidneys. But there's another aspect, though, too. Uh, I've seen too many, you know, black people diagnosed with uh, stage 3, stage 4, kidney issues, and their kidney issues might be stage one or two. So, you know, in some in some circles, you know, you end up on dialysis and you didn't need to be on dialysis right away. You end up being on 
they will uh, as having, you know, third, fourth stage kidney disease. And that's not always true, but even when it is true, if you start doing the right things for the body, you may be able to prevent getting on dialysis in the first place, you know, or having that kidney failure. The, you know, the, the options is in our hands. We just need to know what to do and be wanting to make that kind of change. And those numbers will start to go down. But, yes, you're right. The numbers have increased very, very high, and a lot of it is our diet. And a lot of it is uh, uh, the medical system, you know, because it's just like, you know, they, they say, well, you know, you're black, so you're automatically going to get high blood pressure and diabetes and high cholesterol as you get older. The body don't function that way. You know, it's not because of our ethnic background. It's our lifestyle that contributes to that. All right, 29 away from the top there. Jay's in D.C. He's online, too. Jay, you're on with Dr. Tate. Uh, good morning, uh, Mr. Nelson, Dr. Tate. Um, uh, first off, Mr. Dr. Tate, I want to say thank you for doing what you do. Um, my question to you is um, about fasting and helping the body uh, with uh, main uh, maintaining or counteracting inflammation. What does fasting do when you have a person that has a lot of inflammation in their body? And is yeah. it, and also is that just, yeah, sorry. Yeah, well, fasting uh, is when you know how to fast correctly or getting supervised with that based on what conditions you have or what you're trying to prevent is probably one of the most phenomenal uh, healing techniques. I mean, combined with, you know, things like getting enough sleep and drinking enough water and getting good bowel movement and sunshine and high-fiber diet and trying to reduce stress and anxiety, uh, fasting is phenomenal. If I ended up, you know, with uh, uh, severe health issues, with my knowledge, my, my first instinct would be to go on a fast. Now, not just water fast, but a liquid fast, because fasting will help accelerate the nutritional level and help increase blood circulation and bowel movement and help the body's own healing qualities if the fast is done right. There's a preparation, the actual fast, coming off the fast. There's rules to the road on how to do a fast, but when you do it, uh, it will help that disease reversal and anti-aging process in a phenomenal way, coupled with what wow. we do in between the fact. All right, hold up the hold your follow-up question, Jay. We gotta take a short break here. Twenty-six minutes away from the top there with Dr. Tate is a naturopathic doctor. He's one of the best in the business. And as I mentioned, there was Dr. Goss and Dr. Sabi and Dr. Tate now. We all we have is Dr. Tate. You got a health issue, family, just reach out to us. Again, you don't have to use your real name or your real city. We don't care, but take advantage of his expertise. Hit us up at 800 450 7876 Don't wait for somebody else you think has a similar problem to call. You make the phone call. Be be proactive. We'll take your calls in four minutes right here in Baltimore on 1010 WOLB. If we're in the DMV, we're on FM 95.9 and AM 1450. WOL, or information, is power. All right, Jay, your follow-up question for Dr. Tate. Um, well, uh, it's, I don't have a follow-up question, but I, I would like to um, 
I would like to uh, possibly uh, get your information, sir, and because uh, I have some some family members that uh, I've I've been trying to motivate because I, I have a background in uh, PT, and I'm actually trying to um, uh, I'm in the process of opening up a wellness center down in DC, um, and I you know I've been working with uh, trying to get volunteers uh, from PT and also physical therapists because um, I want to I'm really I have a heart for your what you're doing you know and I'm trying to learn what you know. <laughs> But um, all right. Yeah, well, I, well I, let him, I, we let him I, give out his number. Now, Dr. Tate, you want to give him the information right now? Yeah, I'm gonna give you information. The best numbers to reach me would be 404-943-1171 or 404-435-9336. Now, I'm planning to do some uh, two-day intensive, you know, health training workshops. One in Detroit. I'm one here in Atlanta, and I'm working on one for Maryland for this year. Uh, and okay. we can uh, we can talk about that because I come in and I train people, not just people who want to be practitioners, but people who want to understand how to really, really take care of their health. There's a system that will allow the body to do some phenomenal changes. We just need to know the rules of the road. So, you know, you can check with me and I can let you know, you know, when and where or anybody else who's listening, you know, so that you can actually really learn just like you're going to school, you know, training yes, man. Yes, you know? All right. Yes, sir. Thanks, Jay. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Right. Have a good day. Have a good morning. All right. 19 away from the top. Alistair in D.C. Miller is on line four. Good morning, Miller. You're on with Dr. Tate. Good morning, my brothers. Good morning. Uh, Good morning. My quick question. Thank you. My quick question is: uh, I have arthritis in the back, and I'm getting some pain. Are there some herbal things or things that I can take to help address that? Yeah, there are. I'll give you a few to start with. Okay. One, of course, is you got to drink more water. Two, you got like I mentioned earlier, you got to look up anti-inflammatory and inflammatory foods and try to lean more towards anti-inflammatory foods. And the reason why you can look this up because there's some fruits and vegetables that actually will add to that inflammation. Then sleep becomes important, you know, blood circulation. And then I have what's called a cold water foot bath that will help start to reduce that inflammation. Then you want to start getting some of your mineral supplements in, like your vitamin D3 and your calcium and magnesium and maybe some glucosamine sulfate. The calcium magnesium needs to be about 2,000 to 1,000 with the magnesium. But you want to nourish, and there's ways of reducing the inflammation that will reduce and in many cases, eliminate the pain and inflammation, which will help that back and help that whole body start to heal better. And uh, that's a deep, more detailed information. But, you know, you get my number, call, mention Carl Nelson, and then we'll try to tailor make something around you and your body. But the things I mentioned, you know, water, anti-inflammatory, circulation, you know, stress reduction, uh, you know, changing your diet to more anti-inflammatory foods is going to help. 
but I do have some unique uh, remedies as far as uh, cold foot soaks and stuff, but it's a timing thing, but it reduces inflammation throughout the entire body, which then helps start to eliminate the pain. And as I mentioned earlier, your acid and acid in the body can cause severe pain, severe pain. So you want to be able to be sure that you're not adding to the problem. And that's something we can go into more detail uh, when you give me a call. All right. Thanks, man. All right. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. And before I take another call, arthritis is because, you know, people are getting up in age, they get arthritis. Is there any, or arthritis, as some people call it, is, is there anything you can do to stave that off? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the exact same things that I mentioned to you. You've got to exercise. You've got to keep the blood moving. You've got to make sure that what you're putting in your body is not causing, you know, inflammation. Reducing stress and anger, which is hard being black people in America, but you got to try to reduce that. You know, breathing exercises, stretching exercises, these things consistently uh, are important to reduce inflammation and uh, swelling, which contributes to pain because that inflammation and swelling pushes up against the muscles and nerves in different areas of the body that can cause that excruciating pain. As I mentioned earlier, that uric acid and other forms of acid, you know, contribute to that pain. I'm going to give an example. I've had people with pain so bad that they could not walk. Reducing the inflammation, doing the cold water, foot soaks, which is a timing thing. You just don't put your feet in cold water. It's a procedure, you know, increasing the circulation, getting the sleep, doing the breathing, it's amazing, I guess, kind of thing I'm trying to say is that it's amazing what the body is capable of doing and changing when we do the right thing for the body. It is phenomenal. We've been blessed with a unique body that will help us if we're helping the body. Yeah, and we got to get it early, too. 14 away from the top of hour. Howard's joining us from Beltsville in Maryland. He's on line six. Good morning, Howard. Good morning. Good morning, sir. Good morning. Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you very well. Okay. Uh, what can I do to lower my blood pressure? Are you exercising at all? Yes, three times a week. Okay. How much water are you drinking? Um, I guess a medium amount. Probably, probably not enough. Okay. So with the water... You want to start off with like 12, 16 ounces of water first thing in the morning to start the flush, which will also help with the bowel movement, which will also with the bowel movement reduce the acids and stuff in your system. And then sip put down, sip put down, sip put down water all day long. Your range needs to be at least anywhere from 48 to 64 ounces of water. You know, that's going to help. You know, the stretching exercises, the physical exercise is going to be important. Sleep is going to be important. You know, knowing how to breathe right is going to be important. And then starting adding in, you know, supplements like vitamin D3, you know, maybe from that 1 to 5,000 IUs, or the calcium, magnesium, you know, 
2,000 to 1,000 milligram range, the vitamin C around 1,000 milligrams, or zinc around 50 milligrams, and some things like CMOS which also helps because it's very, very high in mineral. you got to feed the body and reduce the things that are causing the problem in the body and then understand those other unique things that will help the body uh, reduce the inflammation, reduce the gas, reduce the constipation, reduce the body trying to... Uh, trying to compensate for the problem but having difficulty because we're not doing enough of the right things. Some of us do some things very, very well, and we do other things very poorly. And, you know, halfway is not enough. You have to have the systems that you stay consistent with, which is my job in guiding you with that, that will help that body be able to respond right. But sleep, water, breathing, exercise, you know, good diet, anti-inflammatory foods, you know, stretching, you know, uh, cold water, foot baths, you know, stuff like that. Those are very, very good areas to stop. And then looking up what foods contribute to uric acid and acid in the body, period. You reduce that, you'll be amazed how much changes you'll have just doing that all by itself and then adding in the other types of things to help your body be able to respond right. Uh, are there any supplements other than the D3 and the calcium, magnesium, and C that I can take? Yeah, um, the, like I mentioned, the, uh, the CMOS would be important. Um, um, French green clay with water, which is something I have to explain that recipe when we're offline. Um, there are, um, you know, you want to do more food-based stuff with anti-inflammatory. That's the best way to go. Your whole grains like your quinoa and your wine and black rice and your millet and uh, your black beans, you know, are not canned foods or processed foods. You know, that's the first step. Vitamins and minerals and even herbs are good for supplementing lifestyle changes, but it starts first by what we put in the body and reducing stress because stress will build inflammation and cause more pain faster than anything you put in the body. Stored up stress over the years, you know, uh, anger stored up in the body over the years accelerates the breakdown in the body. So breathing exercises and, you know, getting in a pool Getting in a steam room, you know, done right is phenomenal. And it's not always about what you take. It's more about what you do and then what you take into the body. All right. Thank you, Howard. Okay, okay, okay moving you. Ten away from the topic. I think you mentioned CMOS. got a request and calling the studios that want to know, does CMOS help you reduce belly fat or what do you recommend to get rid of belly fat? CMOS helps. CMOS helps because uh, out of the, you know, 106, 108 ingredients we need to help the body function, CMOS has 92 of them, and they're uh, very, 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 very high in minerals, so we need to increase that mineral content. But it still comes back to how well our bowels move, 
how much water we get in the system. And I emphasize that because most of my people average like, you know, one, two, three bowel movements a week, you know, and everybody's body is a little different. So we have to kind of, uh, you know, adjust proportions on what we're doing based on how the body, what kind of issues the body's going through. All right, nine and eight away from the top of the hour. Let's keep rolling. Michael's on line one, calling from Maryland. Michael, good morning. You're on with Dr. Tate. Good morning. Good morning to you, too. Good to hear the program this morning. But Dr. Mayer, answer my question. I have a lot of, like, pain in my fingers, and sometimes they lock. And I was just wondering, is this something that I'm not doing or not taking enough of? Okay. Uh, first, as I mentioned before, when the fingers lock up like that, that might be a form of arthritis or gouty arthritis. So you want to make sure that you're reducing the uric acid and acids in your system and reducing the inflammation. Then you want to start exercising those hands. Are you squeezing a rubber ball or you know, doing any hand exercises? No, sir. <laughs> not, I'm not. Okay. You get one of those uh, those squeeze balls, and every morning, you know, and every evening, you know, just start squeezing. You don't need to have a tennis ball. You know, you want something that, that helps with that circulation, and then you want to be taking things like cayenne or garlic or blood tonics and stuff to increase that blood flow and reduce the uric acid, but you got to exercise those muscles. Now, another thing that will help is copper. You know, getting copper bracelets to put on like your ankles and knees because the copper, believe it or not, is a mineral that helps uh, helps uh, reduce inflammation by just wearing it. You can look up copper healing qualities. Now, I don't mean copper in your supplements, but, you know, the actually good, strong copper that, um, that you know, historically, you know, in Africa, you used to see, especially women that had, you know, all that copper around their neck and around their, you know, on their, on their wrists and on their feet. Copper has phenomenal healing qualities and helps with the uh, DNA balance, the RNA DNA balance and chemical hormone. Right. And Dr. Tate, hold that thought right there. And, and uh, Michael, if you have a follow up, stay with us as well. Six away from the top there. We're going to take a short break. We'll be back with your phone calls. 800 450 7876. Again, if you've got a health challenge, reach out to Dr. Tate and we'll take care of you in four minutes right here in Baltimore on 1010 WOLB. If you're in the DMV, we're on FM 95.9 and AM 1450 WOL, where information is power. minute after the top of the hour family with our guest Dr. Stephen Tate out of Atlanta. He's one of the best naturopathic doctors out there. He provides holistic uh, solutions to your health problems. you got a health issue, reach out to us at 800-450-7876. I'll only tell you that he takes care of the black, <laughs> Hollywood's black, rich and famous. This is the man they call. They got a hangnail. They got a headache for a long time. They call Dr. They have him on speed dial. They call Dr. Tate. But that's why he likes to give us, uh, you know, we manage to carve out two hours of his time because he's usually very busy with folks all over the country calling him athletes 
uh, uh, entertainers, lawmakers, they all got his n- number on speed dial. But anyway, he's here this morning and he, he wants to give back because he charges those folks up with the money. So he's doing it for free right now. Reach out to us at 800-450-7876. Again, you don't have to use your real name. Or your real city, don't care, but take advantage of his expertise. And Dr. Tate, before we go back to uh, uh, Michael in Maryland, I just want to uh, hopefully we'll talk about uh, fibroid issues in, in women and prostate problems for men as well, because we lost uh, Martin Luther King's uh, son, Dexter King. He was only 62 for uh, prostate issues. So hopefully we'll talk about that as well. And also the lung sinus complications that seems to be exploding in some areas of our community. But anyway, let's go back to Michael in Maryland. He's got a follow-up question, I think, on line one. Michael? Hey, good morning. Um, I'm through. I just wanted to say thank you to you and Dr. Tate before I hang up. I wrote everything right. down. Thank you so much, Doc. Thank you, Michael. Thank you. Thank All right, you. Let's, go, let's go to line three. Money Mike's in, in Baltimore. Money Mike, you're on with Dr. Tate. Hey, good morning, Carl. Good morning, Dr. Tate. Good morning, Dr. sir. Tate. Good morning, sir. Good morning. I've got three questions, well, a two-part question. What can we use or what can I use to increase blood flow, maintain a strong vascular system, and something to take the plaque out of arteries and veins? Okay. And I'll take your answer offline. Okay. Okay. Uh, they're pretty much, you know, all, all the same when you're dealing with blood flow, vascular flow, plaque. Uh, some of the simple things, first, the first thing is you got to make sure you're getting enough water. Not juice, not teas, although they can be good, but you want to make sure that you're getting enough water in the bottle. You've got to moisturize the system. All right, Mike, can you hang up that line for us? So we're getting some interference there on line three. Or Kevin, can you hang it up for us? Go ahead, Dr. Tate. Okay. Now, first, is you want to start getting uh, a lot more water in the system because that's going to soften up the plaque and stuff in the body. And then you want to be looking at uh, good blood cleansing tonics or good blood cleansing herbs. Now, that can be things like burdock, gentian, ginger, you know, sassafras or sarsaparilla uh, or a combination of those things that help accelerate the blood flow. Cayenne is also good. Uh, Seasoning cayenne in your food, along with garlic and stuff, helps loosen up that plaque and uh, and helps, you know, open those uh, vascular arteries. Also, um, the thing called nitric oxide, which uh, beet powder is one of the sources of L-arginine, which will open up those um, those veins and stuff, which will help with the blood and oxygen flow. And you just got to start reducing the fat building, high salt, sodium packaged foods in our diet because they store up in our bowels and then they back up into our bloodstream. And then it contributes to it. And this is something that builds, uh, you know, over the years. So again, Herbs like burdock and gentian, ginger and sarsaparilla, or a mixture of those things uh, help accelerate cleaning of the blood. Also, making sure that you're doing things to strengthen your liver, which purifies the blood. 
And, um, you know, some of the things I mentioned are good for that, but one of the herbal combinations that's really, really good for the liver is milk thistle or milk thistle with dandelion. And you want to look those things up because it cleanses, it cleanses, purifies, strengthens, and rebuilds the liver. And the liver is one of the filtering, major filtering areas and important for the immune system that helps helps start to clean the blood, along with the other things I mentioned about the water and exercise and the blood tonic and moving away from inflammatory foods and, you know, reducing the uric acid foods, this will start to cleanse those arteries and veins and help that blood flow cut down on that plaque, which can end up building uh, and raising your cholesterol numbers and then uh, closing and shutting down or making our vascular system and that opening smaller and smaller. These are things that are going to help with that. But I know as the listeners are listening to ask that question, if he wants more detail, you can just give me a call and mention Kyle Nelson's show, and I can help guide him more specifically based on if that's his issue or one of his family members' issues. All right. And once you get that number right now, it's six after the top of the hour. And, and they say if you can do it slowly. Okay. Uh, primary number is 404 943-1171. Again, that's 404-943-1171. That's a landline number that's forwarded to myself. So if you want to text me, then the number that's best to text me would be 404-435-9336. But they have to mention the Carl Nelson show. That means that you get a little extra time. (laughs) Thank you for that, uh, Dr. Tate. Thank you for for helping our listeners out. 800-450-7876. Sister Sarita is on line two calling from L.A. Sister Sarita, you're on with Dr. Tate. Sister Sarita, they're on two. All right, well, we try to figure out if she's still there. Let, let me, I got a tweet question for you, Dr. Tate. The tweeter goes, will you ask Dr. Okay. Tate about people or, norm, people or normal or lower weight having heart attacks? The tweeter goes on to say, many of these people started with foot and leg pains, making it hard to walk. But the foot and leg pains. Oh, yeah, hold on, Sister Sarita. We'll get you in a moment. Go ahead, yeah. Dr. Tate. Okay. Your foot and leg pain uh, is an indication of uh, of poor circulation, okay? And with that poor circulation and and blockages in the blood, uh, I'll tell you what, Kevin, can you put Sister Zareed on hold? Because we're bleeding bleeding through. We want to hear what this response to Eddie's tweet. Just put her on hold for a second because it's it's whatever's coming through is bleeding through. Doctor, take uh, can you continue responding to that tweet from Eddie? Okay, um, the foot and leg pains are an indication that there's poor circulation throughout the entire body, not just the extremities like your hands and feet. It means that that blood is not circulating, you know, because it goes down in the body kind of does a little loop, you know, like it's circling the highway and comes back up. 
So when you get that foot pain or leg pain or swelling or numbness in the hands or feet, uh, is an indication that the blood flow is not right and the arteries and veins are, are not necessarily collapsed but tight because of too much uh, waste in the bloodstream. So um, reducing the inflammation and taking things that will help that blood flow and exercising those areas and massaging those feet, you know, uh, that all helps and alternating cold and hot foot baths. But doing doing foot baths is a timing thing, and we don't have enough time to go through that. People can call me and I can give them, you know, what will help with that because if you're doing the feet right by the right kind of water therapy along with the herbs, this helps to kind of open up the arteries and veins throughout the entire body. But when you see it in your feet, just like with diabetics, that means there's poor circulation, and that can be dangerous because that poor circulation typically is the whole body's blood and not moving the way it needs to. All right. Thanks, Eddie. Thanks for the tweet. Sister Sarita now at 10 after the top of the hours in Los Angeles on line two. Sister Sarita, you're on with Dr. Tate. She's the reader left us. All right, let's go yeah. to. <laughs> you know, we'll, go, we'll go pray for her. Uh, all right, let's go to Sandra on line one, uh, calling from D.C. Sandra, you're on with Dr. Tate. Good morning, Carl and Dr. Tate. Uh, I am a patient of Dr. Tate, and the man is phenomenal. Um, I have a question. I went uh, to the uh, doctors and did a test for osteoporosis, and they're telling me that I have the beginning stages of osteoporosis. So, okay. I just... Okay, well, you know, uh, you know you can call me later, but to answer your question so everybody else can see it, you know, it's also, you know, as you hear me mention an inflammation a lot, okay, and, and it can come in many, many different forms, but at osteoporosis, part of the problem is going to be Lack of water, lack of exercise, too many inflammatory foods and not enough anti-inflammatory foods, not getting the blood cleansing in the body the way it needs to, stress and anxiety, sleep deprivation, you know, uh, all these things can uh, contribute to it because there's no one single thing that builds that. And then, of course, the number one thing is what we're putting into the body, you know, what you know, what we're feeding the body, because there's so many chemicals and so much junk. Uh, and unfortunately, even in a variety of health food stores, not everything in the health food store is healthy or the best thing for the body. You know, so it's an indication of inflammation, and that can get really painful, you know, because it has that gout kind of reaction where it builds up those hard, crystallized things that start stabbing at the muscles and the nerves, and that pain can be unbelievable. But, you know, there are ways of reducing, softening up that uric acid and acid, getting things to move, and actually starting to reverse. Well, let me rephrase that. The body can then start to help heal, which starts to help reverse those conditions because Having that condition doesn't mean that you're stuck. Having certain conditions doesn't mean that 
I'm going to suffer with this all my life. It's just well, I, I, I agree. I agree with that. But I've been a vegan for over thirty years. I swim. I play. I, mean, I lift weights. I'm exercising twenty four seven. So I'll have to call you tonight because I don't. You know, I don't. There's something. There's something missing in your you Yeah. Well, now, now you got to think about this though. Because of the things that you are doing, okay, the problem you're going through is much, much less severe than if you weren't doing those things. Yeah. So, you know, you got to look at, oh, this could be three, four times worse if I had not been doing what I've been doing over the years. We just need to, you know, uniquely identify what may have been something that's been stored in your body for years or what may be clashing so that we can address that. And then with the lifestyle you're doing, your recovery and the healing process will be much shorter than the average person because you've been trying to take care of your body. But just remember, if you hadn't been doing what you're doing, it would be a heck of a lot worse. Right. Yeah, but Thank I'll you, Sandra. You Sandra, hold on a sec. we got to take a short break. I'll let you... Uh, Pose you follow when you come back. We'll also speak to Mary in D.C. You got a health problem or a health challenge? Reach out to us at 800-450-7876. Also want to talk about the prostate issue. We lost a Dexter King, Dr. Martin Luther King's son, and he was just 62 before the prostate. And I can tell you a prostate story as well. Right here in Baltimore on 1010 WOLB and also in the DMV on FM 95.9 and AM 1450 WOL, where information is power. And good morning once again, family. 21 minutes after the top of the hour with Dr. Stephen Tate. Dr. Tate is a naturopathic doctor. He's a holistic doctor. That's what he practices. You've got a health challenge. Uh, give us a call. Use his, his expertise because, you know, usually if you get you have these uh, health issues, they're not going to go away. They're not going to disappear. And don't wait for, you know, hopefully somebody has a similar problem and is going to call in. Be proactive. And, again, you don't have to use your real name. I know folks don't want to know your business. You can use a different city. It doesn't matter. Just reach out to us at 800-450-7876. Before we left, we're speaking with Sandra in D.C. So, Sandra, I'm going to let you finish your follow-up question for Dr. Tate. Um, my follow-up is to tell the listening audience is, is that to call Dr. Tate, and the key is to be honest, to be honest. And Dr. Tate does not judge. I mean, he's on it. He is, he's awesome. But Dr. Tate, I was taking 500 milligrams of magnesium and um, um, calcium, calcium, magnesium, and I upped that to 1,000. And I was just wondering, should I up it to 1,500? Well, with the calcium and magnesium, the magnesium should always be half the amount of calcium. So yeah, if it's uh-huh. 1,000 milligrams of calcium, it needs to be 500 of magnesium. And uh, I would say move it up, make sure your calcium is 500, magnesium, I mean your calcium is 1,000, excuse me, and your magnesium yeah. 500. Now, you can go up as high as the calcium being 2,000 milligrams and the magnesium being 1,000. That's a good combination to uh, work in nourishing your muscles and bones and reducing the inflammation 
just make sure that they're not big, hard, concrete pills, you know, like the stuff that could choke a horse. <laughs> the yeah, yeah I know I'm taking them. But yeah. I will call you this evening or shortly. Yeah, give me a call. Is, they, is, there, is there a liquid calcium magnesium? There is. There is. But, I'm, you know, when we talk, I'll give you some of the brand names. I don't want to give any brand names on the call, but, you know, okay. you can. Uh, there, is, there is some good uh, liquid calcium and magnesium you can take to help that absorb better because sometimes people like to have their liquid versus a capsule form. So, yes, there is. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Sandra. 24 after the top. Mary's also in D.C. on line two. Mary, you're on with Dr. Tate. Um, Mary's not uh, left us. All right, Dr. Tate, uh, this gives us a chance to talk about prostate because we lost uh, Dexter King yesterday. He was 62 years old. And he and he had prostate issues. Before you go, let me just tell you a little story. Uh, you know, uh, back in L.A., Magic Johnson does a basketball uh, game when he was playing. By the way, at Midsummer Night's Magic, he called it, and he, he would donate the money to the UNCF. This is what Magic did, and the games he'd give us uh, tickets to give away on the air, and he gave us three hundred pairs of tickets to give away. So we decided to do Dr. Tate. We decided we're going to give it to the brothers who came in and took a test for the, the prostate test. And brothers lined up around the block to, to get the test, and, and then they got their tickets. But then we ran out of tickets. And to uh-huh. my surprise, the brothers in the line left. <laughs> you know, they were already there to take the, the prostate test, but they left. I, I, was, I was surprised at that because I guess that's, that's, the, the, that's the issue we have to get brothers to take the, these prostate exams. Because you know they did it. Most of them did it just to go to watch a basket all-star basketball game. But those, when we ran out of tickets, and I didn't think we would run out because you know they got 300 tickets and you know 300 brothers are going to show up. Well, that would be we would still have some left over. But we ran out. There's a bunch of people still on the line, and they left because because they couldn't get the tickets to basketball game. What's it going to take for us to get our brothers to understand that this prostate situation is is serious? The, the only thing we can do is educate people on, you know, the, you know, the fact that, you know, uh, inflamed prostate or prostate cancer probably is one of the easiest things to avoid having a problem with if we're doing the right things for it. But too many people, we, we still have that stigma thing. You know? So you have people lined up for a basketball game. They might not even have had you know, prostate issues, but a lot of men who have that, they tend to think that, you know, there's something wrong with their manhood or, the, you know, they start to, you know, get, you know, uh, um, uh, emotionally affected by the fact that, you know, there might be some uh, sexual misfunction because the prostate's not right. But, you know, if it's inflamed, we can reduce that inflammation. You know, some of the things we talked about, you know, blood flow, uh, there's uh, stretching and exercises that can be designed specifically for the prostate. You can look up, you know, yoga stretching and yoga postures for the prostate. But then also the urinary tract system, our bladder, our kidneys have a huge effect on what happens with our prostate because if we don't drink enough water, whatever water we're getting is going to our bladder and kidneys 
and not to the prostate, which is why you need to be drinking a lot more water so that the water that's needed for the the kidneys and the bladder and stuff, it can get that, and then there's still enough water to go for the prostate area. Then there's uh, circulation. You know, exercises, blood flow becomes next. First is water, then it's circulation, you know, exercises. You know, doing things to cleanse the blood, like I mentioned earlier, like the burdock and gentian and stuff like that. Uh, getting enough sleep becomes important. And I mean that because that not getting enough good sleep weakens the immune system, which makes everything you're trying to do, you know, far, far more difficult. And then the simple nourishment, like um, like zinc, you know, vitamin C, Seamon, uh, nitric oxide, but those things work better when you're drinking enough water, when you're getting enough rest, when you're reducing the stress, and when you're exercising, not just the whole body, but there are specific exercises to exercise those prostate muscles because they're muscles. So it's like having a weak bicep to tricep, and you're lifting weights to pump them back up. You know, there are exercises that can be done that will help strengthen the prostate. It's just that that stigma, even with all the advertisements and all the information that's out there, is still there. So the people lined up, you know, probably half of them didn't have a prostate issue. They just, you know, wanted to have a chance to go to the game and when they couldn't get they couldn't get a ticket, they said, Oh well, you know, and they went home. Rather than saying, oh, this is a good chance for me to, um, you know, really look and examine my prostate. So too often I hear, you know, get brothers come to me when, you know, they uh, the inflammation in their prostate has moved to high PSAs in prostate cancer, which could have been avoided. You know, not if it's not stuff that can still be done if they have prostate cancer, but which could have been avoided by some very, very, very simple things. You know, very simple. That's one of the easiest organs to keep right by the simple things that I've mentioned that we don't do enough of in watching the, you know, inflammatory food because sometimes we get caught up, you know, um, in family issues or you know, our job or working in the community or, you know, trying to help, you know, help other people. But you help other people better when you first help yourself because then you're healthy enough to continue to be able to help other people, you know, in in their path to improve their health. But it's always about take care of you first. Then you've got more time. Don't sacrifice yourself and not do what you need to do to take care of you. All right, 29 away from the topic. I got a tweet about the water. We'll get to that in a moment. But Craig's calling from California on line one. Craig, you're on with Dr. Tate. Hello, Dr. Tate. How you doing? I'm doing good, sir. How you doing today? I'm doing wonderful, wonderful. I had a question. I went into the doctor recently, and he said my sugar levels were getting high from the last few months and i was wondering is there any natural way to keep the sugar my sugar level down or what would you suggest well one you want to make sure that 
you know, you're avoiding, you know, anything that is uh, sweet or fried or salty. You want to kind of start eliminating that, you know, that, that becomes the first step, okay? Then you want to, just like you heard me mention, things like exercises and, you know, blood cleansing things like, you know, cayenne, garlic, pure, mm-hmm. you know, birth, gentian, to get that blood flowing, you know, so you get that blood flowing and you're getting that water in your system and you're getting that exercise. These, you know, these these are good points to uh, to start with because then okay. you're reducing the inflammation. And I don't know if it was on the call earlier, but also when you're looking up food, you want to stay more towards anti-inflammatory food, but you need to look up both anti-inflammatory and inflammatory because some things you think are okay, especially like nightshade vegetables, you know, uh, and right. you have an inflammatory condition, you know, nightshade vegetables will only add to the inflammation that you already have. So, you know, understanding those things and staying consistent with it your body's going to help you even more and speed up and reverse that uh, any issues you're having in your body. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I don't eat too many sweets. I didn't know that about the salt, but I don't eat a lot of sweet. Yeah. Now, if, you, if you're seasoning your food with salt, the best salt yes. to use is the Himalayan salt, the pink salt, because the mm-hmm. Himalayan salt, you can use some moderation to still flavor your food, but the Himalayan salt is very, very, very high in minerals and helps reduce blood pressure. And uh, wow. than, oh, but, I mean, when you get offline, look up Himalayan salt, and you'll be like, wow, who knew? <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, Craig, thank you for your call. All right, All right, 26 away it. from the top of the hour. We got to take a short break. When we got some tweet questions for Dr. Tate. Family, you got an issue, health issue, reach out to us at 800 450 7876. Don't be bashful now. You can use, as I mentioned, use a different name, a different city. It doesn't matter. Dr. Tate will take care of you. But don't wait for somebody else who you think has a similar issue who's going to call in. All right, we got to take a short break. As I mentioned, we'll be back in four minutes, though, with your phone calls and the tweets right here in Baltimore on 1010 WOLB. If you're in the DMV, we're on FM 95.9 and AM 1450. WOL, or information is power. Thanks for staying with us this morning. An interesting morning, as usual, 22 minutes away from the top of the hour with Dr. Stephen Tate. Dr. Tate is a naturopathic doctor. He's a holistic doctor. He's one of the best in the business. And, and like I tell you, they, they're rich and famous. They they call him up. They have him on speed dial. And if they just get a hangnail, they get a headache that's lasting too long, they're calling Dr. Tate. They don't want to deal with the, the, the pharmaceutical doctors. They want to deal with natural doctor, and that's what Dr. Tate does. Before we go back to him, I've got some tweet questions for him. Uh, just want to remind you, coming up in the next few days, you're going to hear from the University of Houston's Dr. Gerald Horn, 
also Afrocentric professor, Dr. Educational professor, Dr. Kemet Shaka. He's also at the University of Houston. And also homeless advocate, Minister Christina Flowers from Baltimore will give us an update on what's going on with the homeless in her city. And Griot, Professor James Small will be here. So if you're in Baltimore, make sure your radio's locked in tight on 1010. WOLB, if you're in the DMV, you're on FM 95.9 and AM 1450 WOL. All right, I got a tweet question about water and a tweet question about, now let me read this because I'm not familiar with this, but maybe you are. Tweeter says, what causes PVDOD in the eyes? And she says that's a posterior vitreous detachment. Are you familiar with that, Dr. Tate? Um, only in general terms, because I know that you know, part of the problem is blood flow and inflammation, you know, and, and then it contributes to that. So the person that, that tweeted that, I wanted to give me a call because there are more questions I need to ask because a lot of times things in the eyes are coming from the intestines, are coming from the lungs and sinuses, and it's backed up into the eyes, and that's kind of like a degeneration or breakdown in the eyes. So uh, hopefully the person is still listening and give me a call because there are a lot more questions I need to ask about that. So I don't want to simplify that process because that's something that can be serious. All right. Uh, another tweet question because the tweeter says, you keep mentioning water. What kind of water should we be drinking and can we substitute coconut water? Well, you know, uh, one thing we don't want is um, I just read the uh, um, um, faucet water. Now, say that whole, you know, read that back to me again. What type of water should we be drinking? You, so the tweeter says, you keep mentioning water. What type of water should we be drinking, and can we substitute coconut water? Well, you know, you, you, can, you add coconut water to help moisturize the system. But you want to be drinking natural spring water. Some people will do distilled water, but you know, and distilled water, you know, can be good. But uh, distilled water is better to use for uh, herbal mixtures and stuff. So you're better with the um, you know natural spring water. But you got to read labels the same way as you read labels with food, because you want to know the source of the water. Now, if you're getting bottled water, the more company brags about the water and gives water reports, the cleaner the water might be. But it's better to have um, uh, spring water. I mean, some people use, like, you know, different filtering things to filter out some of the water. Some of them can be pretty good. But, you know, your best thing is natural spring water. And you want to get enough of that in your system. But you can't overdo water, you know, because I've heard people say, well, you know, uh, you need to have your body weight in water. Well, for 300 pounds, you know, 150 ounces of water is too much for the system, you know. So there's, you know, some common sense has to be used so that, you know, range of water should be in that. 48, 64 ounces unless you're guided to drink more water throughout the day. But the natural spring water is uh, excellent. Now, some people would lean more towards alkaline water, which is also good. But alkaline water, some companies use uh, faucet water that they alkaline. And there's a time limit 
uh, that alkaline water before it converts back to uh, the faucet water in its effect. But alkaline water added in periodically. But the best thing is some good spring water. And, and, and saying that, so, so basically, how many, you know, the bottled water, because these are plastic bottles, and I've heard about that they're sort of contaminated, the plastic in the bottle, and it gets into the water as well. So what, how, what kind of water should we drink, and how many bottles a day, if you can break uh, that down for us? Okay, you might want to get in because most of your water is like, you know, the big ones are like 16.9 ounces. You might want to get three to four of them in a day and one first thing in the morning. Now, there's different types of plastic. I've seen some water companies where I can squeeze the outside of the uh, container and it will bend in. You don't want to use water that's in that kind of container because that's the plastic that leaches into the water. Some people will buy the you know, plastic, you know, the water in plastic, and put it in glass. That's fine, you know. But you know, the stronger the plastic, you know, it's not like years ago. But if I can bend it, you know, then that's not the kind of container you want as far as water. All right, sixteen away from the top. Now, Teresa's joining us from the ATL. She's on line one. Teresa, good morning. You're on with Doctor Tate. Uh, good morning, Doctor Tate. Good um, morning. Was, hi. I was calling, um, I'm 57, um, I have dropped foot in my left foot. I'm healthy, but I'm just dealing with this issue because, you know, I can't lift my left foot. And, so, and, you know, just trying to deal with. Okay, you're breaking up. Okay. Oh. Okay, so try, try, that, try that question okay. again. Okay, let me just stay still. Okay, I have drop foot in my left foot. Um, I'm healthy, and I was just wondering, like, what nutrients? Because at this point, I guess I'm praying for nerve, my nerve to repair. Um, what do you suggest? Okay, uh, you need to calm and and also strengthen the nerve. So, uh, uh, B vitamins will help. Um, magnesium will help in strengthening the nerves, uh, increasing blood circulation. You've heard me talk about reducing the uh, inflammation, alternating some hot and cold foot soaks. You know, that that will help as well. Um, and, and then making sure that, like you've heard me say over and over again, to uh, stay more with anti-inflammatory foods that will help speed up that healing. It's a sign that you may be uh, pretty healthy, but there's some issues we still need to deal with. And I would say give me a call or leave me a message because there are a lot more questions I need to ask just to be sure that you know, there's nothing else missing in what you need to deal with with your lifestyle. Okay. Uh, you're going to give your number before you, you leave? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Yes, we will. Okay. All right, thank you. You're thank welcome. you, th- thank you, Teresa. Love you, Teresa. Love you, I love you too, <laughs> Sister Teresa. She's in Atlanta too, Doctor Tate, so she she can reach you real soon. But you know, one of the things we talked about, and we get a chance to discuss it, we, we haven't talked about the fibroids that the sisters are complaining about. But you also t- told me there's a long 
sinus uh, complications that's exploding in, in our community. Can you expound on that for us? Okay. Um, part of the problem with the sinus issue is that um, the air quality has gotten really bad. Okay. Uh, especially in the black community, but really across across the world. Uh, there's fires still burning in Canada, which the quality of the air has gotten really bad. We also don't know how to breathe right to increase the right kind of oxygen to our, our lungs and sinuses. Uh, one herb that will help in draining the um, you know, sinuses is like, you know, uh, eucalyptus oil. You know, and a diffuser or something will help start to drain the sinuses. Um, making sure you've got good bowel movement because the sinuses that start to have problems is really an indication of backed up food waste and backed up poisons from our intestinal system that's backed up into our lymph gland, backed up into our sinuses, backed up into our eyes and ears. So the better the bowel moves, the more you're draining that down from the sinuses and helping remove it along with the breathing, along with, you know, doing like uh, uh, eucalyptus, especially in its essential oil kind of form because that will help with that draining, increasing the blood cleansing. And as I kept saying, reducing the inflammation um, in um in, in in your food also helps because that inflammation gets from head to toe. So you you know, when you have problems in your sinuses, that's a problem with inflammation, you know, up in your sinuses coming from the center of your body around your intestines and navel and like a stopped up sink, it backs up into the body. And you could be having good bowel movement every day. Just not enough to get things moving in the right direction. So, you know, the person who sent that information, give me a call because it's a good question we need to ask to kind of help that process. All right, 10 away from the top of the hour. Eric has a question. He says he has tinnitus. Do you have anything that can help? Uh, I'm sorry, what was that question? It, Eric, he says he has tinnitus. Do you have anything that can help? I hope I'm pronouncing correctly. Yeah, tinnitus, yeah. Uh, same thing as I mentioned. Got to go uh, anti-inflammatory and then increase the blood flow. I hope you're drinking enough water, you know, because these type of things can help. But, you know, tinnitus can come from four or five different combinations of things. So I would suggest you give a call. But anti-inflammatory, blood flow, uh, water consumption, you know, uh, exercising, you know, all that kinds of stuff helps with that. All right, 800-450-7876, uh, 10 minutes away from the top. Uh, Sandra's in Baltimore has a question on line one. Good morning, Sandra. You're on with Dr. Tate. Good morning, Paul, and good morning to your guests. Um, I'd like to ask Dr. a question. Number two, two questions. My first question, is Epsom salt a good form of laxative to take for cleansing uh, yourself out? I, I would say I know people do Epsom salt. And in moderation, Epsom salt can help, but too much of that in 
system will start to strip the system. So you're better using Epsom salt externally and then mm-hmm. you know, switching to some things like high fiber foods, like quinoa mm-hmm. and, and, and high, you know, uh, kale and broccoli and stuff like that. But then also, you know, magnesium will help with the bowel. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Uh, my like, other question is, what brings on sciatica nerves attack? Inflammation and injuries, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so uh, the cold water foot soaks, as I mentioned, that you know I had to explain mm-hmm. offline. You know that that will help with the nervous system throughout the body and rebuilding the nerves with certain supplements mm-hmm. like magnesium and B vitamins. Making sure you got enough water. Uh, making sure you exercise in that area. A chiropractic, yeah. gut chiropractic yeah. adjustment, deep tissue massages. These are things that would also help with it as well. I do my morning stretches every morning. I used to ride my bike, but my doctor said that brings on the tax because I'm pulling that muscle tissue. Can so in that I ride it once a week. Yeah, and unfortunately, that's right. You know, in order to get back to that kind of exercise, Excuse me. You might want to start mm-hmm. doing get some deep tissue massages because that, that's mm-hmm. that's funny. I'm I'm just saying massages, deep tissue massages. Yeah, yeah. I have one more uh, question, doctor. Now, I know quick. I know I don't know whether you ever heard of this tonic, but I take Geritol every morning. It's okay, a liquid that has everything in it. Okay, Geritol. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Just it's take got that everything care. is good for everything. Uh, let, let him respond because we run out of time, Sandra. Okay. All right. Go ahead, Dr. Right. Tate. Okay. Thank you, doctor. Bye-bye. You're welcome. I'll answer that very quickly. She needs to take that Geritol, walk over to the trash can, throw it in the trash because that's chemical supplements, which are only going to create more problems and get the same type of things that the Geritol is supposed to have in a natural form. Right. And that, that ex- explains exactly why Dr. Taylor is a naturopathic doctor. Because all those the pharmaceuticals, what they do, they create them in the lab, and they all have side effects. If you take, Even if it's an aspirin, they all have side effects. If you take the natural uh, substance that Dr. Tate recommends, then you won't have those side effects issues. Dr. Tate, uh, and I apologize for the folks who called in late and couldn't get a chance to, to speak to you, but for those folks who, who are listening and want to reach you, how can they reach you real quick? Okay, two numbers. Uh, one is 404-943-1171. I repeat that number, 404-943-1171. Now, I have a second number, which is 404-435-9336, because the 1171 number is a landline, which you cannot check. But the 9336 number, you can text if you need to. And again, that's 404-435-9336. And as always, you've heard me say, uh, mention the Kyle Nelson show. Otherwise, I'd be like, uh-huh. 
<laughs> right, because I know you're busy. You got a lot of, and thank you for coughing out two hours of your time this morning to help us out to start off the year. But we're flat out of time, Dr. Tate. We got to run. Thank you again. Family, stay oh. strong, stay positive, stay healthy. We'll see you tomorrow morning, 6 o'clock, right here in Baltimore on 1010 WOLB. Also in the DMV on FM 95.9 and AM 1450. WOL, where information is power.